Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Where is Harvey Dent? Okay, stop. Well, hello, beautiful. You must be Harvey's squeeze. And you are beautiful. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? Come here. So I had a wife, beautiful, like you, who tells me I worry too much, who tells me I ought to smile more, who gambles and gets in deep with the sharks. One day they carve her face. We have no money for surgeries. She can't take it. I just want to see her smile again. Hmm? I just want her to know that I don't care about the scars. So, I stick a razor in my mouth and do this to myself. And you know what? She can't stand the sight of me. She leaves. Now I see the funny side. Now I'm always smiling. <clears throat> A little fight in you. I like that. And you're gonna love me. Welcome to episode 13 of the Film 89 podcast. My name is Sky and I'm the editor of Film89.co.uk and with me to my left is... Hey podcasts, Neil Gaskin. Good to be back. How are you doing? First off, apologies for the big gap between uh, episodes 12 and 13, but I think by means of a, a way of making it up to uh, all our listeners, this one's going to be quite a big one. As we said at the end of the last episode where Hayden and I discussed the Dark Knight trilogy, tonight Neil and I are going to be honouring uh, a lot of the demands of our listeners when I asked for requests for another audio commentary following our first, I think it was episode 8, where yeah. Steve, uh, Steve Amos and I did a, an audio commentary on Casablanca, the second most requested film after that was the dark knight so we thought coming up to the uh, 10th anniversary of you know the second film in the dark knight trilogy we thought hayden and i will discuss the trilogy as a whole but given the fact that uh, i think it's safe to say neil this is one of your favorite films oh it's def- definitely a top five for me most of the time top three to be honest we can give more than enough content to cover two episodes and, and certainly one episode focusing on the dark knight i think it's enough of a classic film you know there's enough to you know to say about it i think to drag out hopefully to two and a half hours hopefully let's, let's we, hope so yeah yeah <laughs> hopefully you won't fall asleep thanks everyone for listening and thanks for all the great feedback of our uh, 12 episodes so far we hope this one um, lives up to your expectations it's going to be an audio commentary but we're going to cater for those people who don't want to watch the film uh, and, and listen to us uh, as, as an option they just want to you know, listen to us talk about the film so we will be describing some scenes uh, and for everyone else if you've got the film on DVD or Blu-ray, preferably Blu-ray, so the timings are, uh, are, are the same, because uh, believe it or not, DVD and Blu-ray do sometimes uh, run at slightly different speeds according to where you are in the world. Pop in uh, your copy of The Dark Knight, and um, we'll give you a little countdown. We'll be all synced up and ready to go. 
So pop your copy in now, get it to the, uh, the, the opening logo, hit pause and get ready to unpause it in three, two, one, go. Ah, uh, yeah, so uh, it was it's pretty much 10 years ago, Neil. I think you and I saw this film. Yeah. Obviously, uh, I think we saw it pretty much... Uh, I can't remember if it was opening night, but it would have been as close to, I think, wouldn't it? I think if it was an opening night, it was literally within the next day or two as a group of us went to watch it, wasn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, obviously, all had uh, high expectations after watching Batman Begins. It's a film we'd all enjoyed. But yeah. uh, I don't think anything had quite prepared us for what was to come with this one, either. No, I know. And I think... You know, we're going to see the, the the opening of this film that we've already discussed on the um, on the podcast. It's I think we we did um, favorite opening scenes, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And I think um, you you it's picked the mind. Dark Knight, didn't you? I, I I think it it may be an honourable mention in mine. Now I, I I forget, but yeah, as soon as you know it, it opened up to IMAX, and you know you had that bigger aspect ratio. That the picture detail is you know as you can see, absolutely incredible. And you know, we zoom in on this big building in Chicago, and I think it was probably about a minute or two into the film. I think you and me looked at each other and we just said, "Heat." Yeah. Now, yeah. Michael Mann's 1995 film Heat is going to be it's it's going to come up uh, quite a bit in this film. It, Christopher Nolan's made no bones about the fact that you know he did consider this opening sequence pretty much an homage to Heat, and you know as much as. It's very similar to the incredible like bank heist scene in Heat. I don't ever think that it it's just like a shameless rip off. I think it just it perfectly opens this film and it kind of tells you that this film more than any other comic book adaptation is pulling it more into the real world and more sort of away from the realms of like the established sort of you know unrealistic comic book world we've seen. Yeah, I was going to say when you look when you look at this now, like you say it is definitely an homage. But it's got its own sort of flair to it as well. Very reminiscent of the style, but like you say, definitely not a rip-off in any way. No, it, it, it's one of those times where I think a director is able to do a, a blatant homage to a film. And you know, we've got William Fickner here, who was, he played... Uh, featured in Heat as well, didn't he? Yeah, he was yeah. Uh, uh, Roger Van Sant in Heat. And, you know, Nolan's brought him in just to sort of hammer home the fact that this is an homage to, you know, one of, the, I think, the, the best crime films ever made. Oh, definitely. I like think you say you say like the Dark Knight is in your top five. Uh, Heat is up there. Uh, Heat's, def- Heat's in there as well. So I yeah. have no, I have no problem having watched the uh, the start of this. And here we go. Now you've got the Joker's goons. We know we don't yet know that they're the Joker's goons. We don't even know who the Joker is at this point in the film. Obviously, there was a calling card that was left at the end of uh, Batman Begins, and you know they're all wearing clown masks. So we we pretty much got a good idea what's coming. But then you see that. They're taking each other out once they've uh, fulfilled this sort of purpose in in the bank heist, and it was at that point where I thought, "Yeah, this is this is something else. This is something different." Straight away, you set the tone there, and you like you say that more sort of serious vibe with the Joker. You know, straight away, it's it's a given that this is his plan. Now they're going to kill each other off one by one. Yeah, we pretty much already already know what's going to happen, but like you say, it is putting that more sort of serious tone onto it. Yeah, yeah, and. The other thing that we've got to mention at the very beginning is just Hans Zimmer's music. That um, cello, cello, yeah, chord, that, yeah. yeah, that chord is drawn out just to almost well painful levels because the you know the guy that was actually doing it, um, he found it incredibly uncomfortable having to maintain that same note constantly. And we come to the first bit of joke here. Is he out of bullets? 
Yeah, he's out of bullets. Yeah. Well, no, he's not. <laughs> now, look at the body language. Look at that. The, the way he's... You can't see his face, but he's saying so much in his... It, you know, the, the way he, he holds his head, the way he, he looks around. He's, he's just something else. So I was going to say, Stuart, although you've got each man his mask here, you can tell which one is the Joker straight away. Yeah. And it's almost a sort of commanded sort of mind, if you like, that what Ledger's doing here at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. See, because it's not, it's not even obvious there that his hair is green. No. I think we see it in the close-up now. I think we see that... But the, the way see, I see it, it looks as if... The mask comes off. Yeah, it looks as if, basically, every day, this Joker is... You know, he's reapplying his makeup because it does look different from scene to scene. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, you look at it there, his hair colour is pretty much normal. So now we have the... He's waiting for the bus driver. Yeah. Now, a lot of people tell you that he sidesteps away from the bus. To me, he sidestepping to manoeuvre the other goon into the path of the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this bank I scene was... It was filmed in Chicago in an old disused or shut-down post office. And apparently, in order to get that bus in, they had to dismantle the bus, probably take the, you know, the, the outer shell off uh, and reassemble it in the building. Yeah, if you notice, it comes through like almost a sort of makeshift sort of doorway, which I yeah, think yeah. built just to give it easier access, haven't they? Yeah. And again, with this now, we, we talk about, like, we'll come back to it later with the Joker being a sort of agent of chaos. All this is so meticulously planned, but if you look at this bit now with Fitchner's character, he could have easily killed him, but yeah. he shoots him in both arms. Yeah. And it's just to paralyse him so he can put this, well, we'll find out it's a smoke grenade. Yeah. And there's the famous there's reveal. The famous and if you look, there's a first first glint of the green there. Yeah. And it's very clever the way they do that because at the time he's got light brown hair. The green comes from the reflective glare of the window rather yeah, than it, anything it, else. It's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, after the you know the, the wall or door or whatever's been busted open, the sunshine's coming through. Yeah. You can just see the fact that yeah, his, his hair has probably recently been dyed green. Now, I think, he, I think he meant to keep him alive all the way through because I think he wants Fitchner's character, the sort of bank, bank mob bank boss... To go back and tell the, the mob bosses yeah, what he's done. It's all a setup for the fact that he's looking to get it. Because, you know, as, as much money as he would have taken there, he wants 50% of you know the, the Gotham mob's money, as he, you know, he later sees in the, you know, the upcoming scene where he confronts them and, and gives them his demands. Maybe the first sign. I like that with the bat symbol as well. It always looks sort of sli- slightly off, sort of kilter. It's not... It's not, it's not cl- crystal clear it's yeah. always like, like sort of um, as it would be yeah blurred because yeah. you know, it's shining on the clouds so have you got you know I, I don't know if it's established very well how long would you say this is set after Batman Begins I get the impression that it's it's not that long after I think it's I think I'm, my sort of Reckoning is about six to twelve months, I think. Yeah, just yeah. the first calling card of the Joker at the beginning. I think that was, you know, at the end of Batman Begins. I think with this one now, he's a little bit more established. Like you say, he's, there's more and more the criminal underworld already know about him. They're talking about him quite freely on TV. I'm going to go about six months. Yeah, I think it's a couple of months. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't think it's immediately following uh, no. Batman Begins. But although it's not immediately following him, we come to the, the uh, car park scene here now, don't we? Yeah. And again, we get uh, the reintroduction of a character from Batman Begins. Yeah, the, the the Scarecrow, who's literally just... hes It's like as if Batman's cleaning up from the events of the first film. You, you could argue that he's giving you know, the main villain from the first film a bit of short shrift, or, or one of several villains. 
I kind of like it though because, like I say, it's it's good that he gets a return. You know, he gets a return in this, yeah. even if it is just because he features in the third one as well. Yeah, sure, so cameo in the third. Great, one as well. great little cameo in the third one when he's um, sort of judge, jury, and executioner when uh, Bane sort of brings the city to his knees. Here we got the introduction of uh, several Batman imposters. But these guys really dress up as Batman I, and and go out in groups. <laughs> you know, clearly, you know, they're not Batman. They, 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 you know. I suppose it's more like the, I suppose the message they're trying to get across is like it's like a symbol of fear. But yeah, like don't fuck I, with. I, with, uh, I could with see Gotham. him inspiring other vigilantes, but I wouldn't think the pe- you know the people would dress up as him. You know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, here right, comes here the real go. Batman, the, the, the Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, you can't fake that. Can't be copied unless you're a, a, a you know a billionaire with. Uh, you know, access to military uh, equipment. I think that's the key to being a millionaire, really, is you either buy a, build a oh, flying suit or I, have a big I love tank like that. It's in lighter mode. <laughs> wow. Intimidate. <laughs> that's so fucking cool. Yeah, um, okay, uh, Batman, what about the multi story car park you've just blown to shit and yeah, um, potentially matter. damage other people's cars? <laughs> Now, the first time I saw him bend that car, uh, that gun, I absolutely cringed, but I realised that he's got some sort yeah, of... Yeah, he's got some device. sort of contraption. Again, I'm not really sure how that works, because... But I love this, would... this style of fight that he's using here. Yeah. Now, the, what they call Casey, isn't it? Which yeah. is all very sort of handheld, high-protective vital organs and tack with, like, short That's right. And it's all very, kind of, um, much more deliberate and slow than his fighting style in the first one, which yeah. I think was a lot more choppy and, you know... As Hayden and I said in the last episode, the editing and the fight choreography in the first film um, is it's just nowhere near as good as, as what they've done in the second film. Great thing I love about this scene is the way that they've established that there's limitations to the suit in the first film. Yeah. So they're sort of bringing in that, that real-life problem they had about the fact that, you know, Christian Bale couldn't, you know, he had the definite lack of mobility the suit was obviously redesigned in the three years in between the films and they actually bring that into the film later yeah. on where you know after this night where he sort of gets a bit bumped and bruised he, he says to Lucius Fox yeah you know I want to be able to turn my neck you know it, it makes a uh, reverse note of the driveway easier that's the last we see I'm not wearing hockey pads <laughs> we're going to do this all film yeah we're we? going to do it yeah and, and you know I, I do apologise you, you you may get a few it's poor just, Joker impressions if you're lucky it's just as well we went to the third one because Bane would have been on oh yeah 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 I've been stopping us doing a few Bane impressions but I, yeah no. just just to go back there's, the rumour is that uh, that bit with the stairwell there that that's an homage to American Psycho with him looking over the top yes. and jumping down of course, yeah, where he drops yeah. a chainsaw. No, I've never even thought of that. There's Batman who can just get into a police station when no one's seen him. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's supernatural. Radiating bank bills. I think that's particularly healthy. Would you be happy carrying a, a, you know, a load of banknotes around that were irradiated? I would want to keep it in my front pocket, that's yeah, for sure. Or my back pocket. For no, that. I'd, be, uh, I'd be eager to spend them. Yeah. Light, I think they say lightly irradiated. Yeah, so I want a lead lined fanny pack. I got to be yeah, honest. Yes, me too. <laughs> See now, looking already at the mask now, which is the, the mask from the first one, which he's still using at this point here. It just doesn't look as good. It, it's all that one piece cowl, and you know it's great that they very quickly established the change from the the old one into the new one. And here we get Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Would you say nearly is the best uh, on screen, Alfred? 
I think yeah, definitely without a shadow of a doubt. Um, he brings he brings he actually brings a different sort of persona to Alfred than yeah. we're used to. Really. He's, he's less aloof and he's more of a, like a loving yeah. father figure. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what they called it. What did they uh, call the it? bunker? The bunker, the bunker yeah. It? The bunker, which is a sort of makeshift back cave. Now, uh, which obviously you could build in the docks, so no one could see you doing it. Imagine this electricity bill. Look at look at the fluorescent light they need, need above that. Do you imagine trying to clean all the dead flies out the top of it? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say the other interesting thing, and it, you know, coming off completely as a straight man. I notice he's a lot sort of leaner and it's a lot thinner than he is. You don't Batman have to justify his sexuality <laughs> if you want to make positive comments just, about the fact that he's buffed himself up a little I, or leaned down. I think he? he's leaned down, and I think yeah. that reflects the, the say the probably the trouble he was having fighting in the suit last time. No, I think it was because um, after when he made the first film, he very famously he, he dro- he'd lost all of that weight for the mechanic. Yeah, but he goes huge for Batman. Yeah, I think. I think it was just a case of he was able to bulk up in time, but he wasn't able to sort of lean down and yeah. trim down. If you look at him now, he actually has more like let's go the whole hog now. He's got more of a fighter's body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, very tight, <laughs> tight like a tiger. And you've got the first introduction here of Harvey Dent. Um, obviously, yep. someone who's gonna feature very prominently in the film. And then you've got the recasting of uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel Dawes. Bit of a, a bit of over explanation there is. Uh, Batman feels the need to tell him that it's Rachel, as, yeah. as if Alfred wouldn't know. Yeah. But it quickly establishes, yeah, we've got a new Rachel does. Now, the rumour has it that she didn't want to come back, but mm. I think... Yeah, I think that the <laughs> studio, they just... They they wanted someone who was a little bit... You know, I had no problem with... Um, oh, what was oh, her name? I can't remember. Anyway. I'm Katie, Katie Holmes. Yeah, I had no problem with Katie Holmes in the first film, as uh, Hayden and I mentioned on the last episode. Um, and I've definitely got no problem with another returning character here, Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts, Maro- Salvatore, Salvatore Maroni. Maroni, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is he in the first film? Yeah. No, he's not. He's, yes, um, he is in the first. He's not. One. Yes, he is. Tom Wilkinson is. Yeah, he's one of his dudes. No, he's not. He is. He's not. Am I getting confused with the third one? No. <laughs> is he in the third one? No, he dies in this one. <laughs> he didn't die in this one. He dies. He dies in this oh, one. You'll see when they flip the car. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> right. Here's the, the the establishing shot of the coin, which we later find out is a two-headed coin. Now, I think a lot of people. Yeah, I've always been a bit miffed that people a, don't a, click. People this, don't really. click the fact that Harvey Dent doesn't make his own. Well, sorry, he doesn't leave things to chance. He makes his own luck. Now, I think this is the first. You, you've got a bit of a contradiction here. A man who claims to make. His, you know, he makes his own luck, but he's tricking people into thinking he's, you know, putting it down to a 50-50 chance of uh, heads or tails. What me, people uh, don't know is he's got a two-headed coin, so he was, does make his own luck. I was going to say, for me, that tells me straight away about the character, that he, he likes to be one of these people who makes out he does everything by the seat of his pants and leaves it all the chance, but he's actually very manipulated and very sort of calculating. Yeah, which I think is why when he has this um, sit-down meeting now with Jim Gordon, and, you know, they're talking about his days as... Um, well, he's got a gun pulled on him, yeah. but it doesn't go off. Nope. What's he going to say now? Oh, it's a, it's a gag about being made in America. Made in China. By American. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's a straight away established he's a bit of a showboat, isn't he? Yes, he is, yeah. 
As much as it looks as if Rachel's more sort of, she's almost like turned on by this, isn't she? Yeah, it's quite strange that she doesn't want Batman to be yeah, Batman. A, but no, she's, that's she's right. Okay, yeah, she's okay with Harvey Dent knocking on criminals in court after having yeah, a gunfight. You know, yeah, she doesn't want um, you know Bruce Wayne to be going around as a as a vigilante. But yeah, uh, yeah, she's very flirtatious. There, there's a little wiggle in her hips and a little. Uh, yep, it's all going on. So obviously, yeah, they're establishing another meeting between Harvey Dent and Jim Gordon, where we find out that his his nickname at Internal Affairs was Two Face. Now, is that because he was? turning corrupt coppers around and using them as, as witnesses against more corrupt cops or is it because he just wasn't to be trusted? Yeah, it's a bit of both. I think it's a bit of both to be honest. I think he's someone who's very driven and very ambitious and has yeah. used any means possible to get to where he is now to be the DA. Of course he is, yeah. Likely irradiated bills again. So, yeah. It's a lot yeah of, fancy stuff for a city cop. A lot of people are going at least, you know... <laughs> I love the fact he's so frank with um, yeah, save it, Jim. I, you know, I want to meet him. He was getting straight to the point. And I think there's a lot of Gordon here is trying to suss Harvey Dent out whether or not he's someone he can trust. Yeah, I think that's the, the sort of running theme definitely through the first act of this film is that you've got Batman and Gordon really are, are realising they need help. They need someone else. And it's not help in a physical sense. It's, they need to get that sort of power element behind them, don't they? They need to get more sort of political Absolutely, sweet. yeah. Of course they do. Because, of course, the opening we were talking through, of course, was the mayor talking on the news uh, broadcast, and he was actually sort of dismissing Batman. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to be known as the, the mayor of a city with a vigilante justice right. warrior running yeah. around it, does he? No, because they, obviously vigilantes are not, you know, they, they, they're not under the control of a, of, a, of a police force or a local government. Okay, so he's looking for warrants now on five banks, for five mob banks. Yeah. These uh, they're gonna fit lightly irradiated bills in there. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of sterile man by the end of the day. Major crime unit, MCU? No, it's Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna mention Marvel this episode. Not gonna mention Marvel. <laughs> okay, so we have Mister Lau, who is the uh, I don't know. He's like a shady sort of. Um, Accountant, accountant, yeah, he's working for the mob. At the moment, he's uh, now, with Lucius Fox. Obviously, Bruce Wayne. Is, is he really sleeping? Is he trying to sort of um, sell that persona of uh, like you know the millionaire playboy who's getting drunk every night? I think he is, but then you got to look at it the other way. That he has been up all night as mm. well, so he could actually be asleep. No, you're right. Of course, he has. Yeah, and they all think it's because he's been partying, but he's been out fighting crime. First introduction here with uh, Morgan Freeman talking to a character known only as Mister Reese. Or Mr. Rees, as a lot of people Ooh, have. Mis- oh, I see. Wow. Yeah. Never picked up on that. Although Nolan's ever, Nolan's ever Mr. gone Mr. Mm. Yeah, so this company they're looking to do business with now, uh, Lucius Fox is obviously uh, questioning the revenue stream of this company who's clearly um, washing mob money and, uh, and laundering it. And obviously that's how you do it. If you were laundering sort of like that amount of money, you'd be looking to do, you know, deals in the other guy's favour. I mean, he's offering Bruce Wayne a, a wicked deal here. Yeah. And, you know, making next to no profit. But of course, it funnels the money through, it'll funnel the mob money through and get rid yeah. of it. So they use Wayne Enterprises to clean mob money. Yeah. We get to the restaurant scene, now we're having right. and uh, we, we said it was a few months, right, in between the, the first and the second films. But would that be enough time 
for Rachel to establish this relationship with Harvey, a character who wasn't even in the first film. Do you know, you're right. And the other side to that as well is later on in the film, he does sort of say to her, he's asked her to marry him several times. Yeah, now, unless, unless this was love at first sight, yeah, you might yeah, be right. It might yeah. be a lot longer than six months. But I think I think six to 12 months is about all the time I can give it, really. It could also be three years, like it was, you know, actually was in real life. We don't know. Yeah. Because it's never actually established. But we get, uh, this is one thing we don't get in a lot of the films. I, for me, I know people not bail for the the Batman voice, but for me, he's definitely the best big screen. Oh, without doubt, Bruce Wayne. Oh, without doubt, he's, he he plays Bruce Wayne perfectly. I mean, there's a lot of Patrick Bateman in there with the swagger and the sort of you know, yeah, but, you know stuff like that. But that's natural anyway. Yeah, but he does come across as like a really sort of cocksure, arrogant twat, doesn't he? In this, yeah, yeah, twat for international reader, uh, listeners. He does, yeah. But at the same time, he's also, just like Jim Gordon was trying to size up Harvey Dent now, he's doing it even more so here. Yeah. Because obviously he's looking to, you know, pull this big fundraising gig for him because he, like we've just said, thinks that, you know, Gotham does need someone like this as fighting the front lines legally for Gotham to get rid of all the crime. No, I think it's only at this moment that he starts, the penny starts to drop with Bruce Wayne. I think up until this point, he is basically entering into a pissing contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Now, as he's listening to Harvey talk, he's realising it is actually... He's a very good spokesman, he's, you know, but he's also got conviction in what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought of him see, as a Bobby Kennedy, but they were saying that um, Nolan, was it uh, Teddy Roosevelt he built, based him on, wasn't it? Yeah, he did, yeah. He based him on, on Theodore Roosevelt, the American president. But yeah, I you know, I also buy the Bobby Kennedy thing. Yeah. That, that, you know, I think... Going to take on the mob, he's not afraid to stand yeah, up to you. Yeah, absolutely, know. and I think that comparison... But, you know... That's that's how Nolan maybe wanted to portray him in this film, but obviously you've got to realise that you know the Harvey Dent character was long established before this film. Yeah. And there's been, you know, several different variations of him. The main one that you know, in most cases, the Harvey Dent's been, you know, a long time friend of Bruce, Bruce Wayne, friend, yeah. which is why Bruce Wayne um won't kill him. Um obviously he's got this rule he doesn't kill anyway. So, so here we've got it now the, the 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 second sort of scene involving the Joker, all the mob bosses are, are meeting um uh the TV guy. <laughs> There's Lau explaining the all the money's been stolen. Yeah, Lau explaining on a, on a, a 1994 Sony Trinitron CRT TV. Don't you think they could maybe afford... Uh... Well, they just had a lot of money, Nick. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But as well as our sort of 80s, 80s action callback, we don't get Eric Roberts in this scene. We also get Michael J. Michael White. White. Spawn uh, himself. Spawn, yeah. So another comic book link. His name in it. Uh, Gamble. Gamble. Yeah. I, mean, I kept saying Gumbo with that one right. <laughs> so, Lau had the ability to remove all the mob's money without their permission elsewhere. Yes. We're not going to question that. No. No. <laughs> I apologise in advance, everyone. Um, I, as has been hinted in the build up to this episode. We are going to be picking apart the plot of this film because as much as, and no one is doubting for a second that this is one of the, if not the greatest comic book adaptations or comic book films ever made. There are more than There are some pretty big plot holes that if you take more than a couple of minutes to think about them, they completely fall apart. So apologies, but we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't sort of um, give an honest appraisal and analysis of this film. But now we see the Joker now in his full face, f- facial garb with the full face makeup for the first time, really, isn't it? Yeah, now the, the pencil gag 
sticks the pencil in the, the table. The goon comes, oh, bang. And it's gone. Ta-da. Wow. Do you remember the first time we saw that? Said, yeah. We literally fist bumped when we saw yeah, that. I think it was like <laughs> audible gasps in the audience. But you know straight away, don't you? As much as, you know, there was people are talking about Nicholson's Jack, uh, Dracula, Joker. Yeah. Um, this is a completely different take. And straight away, you can see, again, it's a lot more of a threatening take. There's no cheeky glint in his eyes. There's, there's no stuff. camp. No, no, camp. no camp. That's what I was looking it's, for. You could argue that a guy wearing clown makeup and, uh, you know, a crushed velvet purple suit is a little bit ridiculous looking but he backs it up with like an amount of menace the more that makes up for it and like pulls yeah. him into that real world of he, he is a complete psychopath but as we're going to mention later not the guy that he says he is the, the guy an agent of chaos the man without a plan he is very much a guy with a plan everything he does is meticulously planned he's always six or seven steps ahead of the cops batman even batman's always you know fighting to play catch up you know, he is a guy completely in control of everything. Batman's constantly on the back foot throughout this film. I mean, for much, the trilogy. For much, I was going to say, for much of the trilogy, he is, but in this film particularly. He is, he is. And a lot of people have said, you know, the majority of people will acknowledge the fact that this is, they could have called it The Joker or Agent of Chaos or anything and given it a title like centred around The Joker because it is The Joker's film and he does dominate every scene he's in. That's not to say that you know, Batman takes a, a back seat. He, you know, he's still the, the central protagonist. But there's no getting around it. This is a film pretty much that I think if you took Ledger's Joker out of the film, would we you know would it be held in such high regard? No, it'd still be a good film, but if you had another actor playing this role, you wouldn't you wouldn't be attaining the heights of this film as attained. I agree. I agree. And it, it's it's mad to think, isn't it? You know, the amount of sort of like pre internet rage really, but there was you know, the beginning of the internet. People were up in arms about him playing the Joker, but they always are. Look, when they, you know, when they cast Daniel Craig in two thousand and five for um, Casino Royale, which obviously then came out in two thousand and six, people were up in arms about that. Yeah. They were saying, you know, oh, why, why are they casting a blonde James Bond?" And you're just picking it apart. Lo and behold, Casino Royale and subsequently Skyfall, certainly two of the best Bond films. Well, they, they, Nolan was saying that you know other actors who'd expressed interest. You were looking at people like Adrian Brody and stuff like that. You could see perhaps. The look, the physical look of it being right, but I don't know if he could have done anything like this. You know, unfortunately, as we said before, that it looks like that he, he absorbed himself into this role so much. Apparently, he locked himself away for about a month in his apartment. He was um, doing like journals of the Joker, writing his thoughts down. His no doubt, Ledger had come up in his own mind with a sort of history of the, and background of the character, and just you know, he, he had everything completely worked out, but. You know, it unlocked some demons within him, and I think he just went to a very dark place, and unfortunately, it ultimately resulted in the loss of his life. Yeah, I don't like to say, I don't know how much of, you know, how much of the problems existed before that, but it certainly didn't help, let's be honest. There's a lot of controversy surrounding who actually gave him the medication, which um, wasn't prescribed to him. Um, it's, you know, I don't know what the actual investigation into, you know, the cause of death was, and, and, and how far it went, but it's just unfortunate that he must have obviously been in a very dark place already. You know, is it is it safe to say that anyone taking on a role like this and absorbing themselves into a role as much as he did is then going to end up, you know, well, I think not the, being able to recover? I think the the irony of this is that we we lost Heath Ledger and we kept Jared Leto. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. 
Right, this. so obviously, yeah, he's, he's not going to go ahead with a deal with Lau. And... But they are going to go to Lucius's uh, secret underground lair, which seems to be five times the size of the bunker. Yeah, oh yeah, but you know, it doesn't have to be and as uh, discreet, does it? And there's no one else working there. No. no. Again, why do they need all those lights on? <laughs> look, look all the money they're wasting. There's a lot of there's a lot of big light, seated lights right. in this film. Thing is, right, Gotham's in turmoil, whatever. The first thing I'd be, if I was Alfred, I'd be saying to, uh, to Bruce Wayne, pour some more money into the into the you know into the city, and you'd be like, no, I've, I've got to wear this suit and uh, buy energy saving light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to throw these bat shaped bits of metal everywhere. You know, well, actually, I was gonna say actually, this is the one that doesn't have the batarangs in it. No, it hasn't. It's no, got its own variation, right. which is that little yeah. Spongy, no, that's right. There's no, spongy, there's no bat No bat, the, the little yeah. bat, whatever they are. I think he makes he makes bat ranks in the first one, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I have in the next two? No, because when you think about it, they are pretty bloody pointless anyway, aren't they? Yeah, just throw a knife. Yeah. Or you know, just a. Well, if 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 your mantra is you're not going to kill anyone, throwing sharp and bits of metal into crowds of criminals, you, the odds yeah, are you're going to kill gonna, one at least yeah, every now and then. Yeah, you? you can nick an artery, and then he's gonna he's gonna. You know, go against his golden rule of not killing anyone. So anyway, moving on from Batarang. <laughs> <laughs> they've now decided they're going to go get loud. No, I love this. But... I love this. We've established that he's with um, the Russian ballerina. Um, he, you know, what's um, the perfect cover? Oh, I'm going to I'm going to take the entire Russian ballet and abscond on this uh, massive okay. yacht. And again, look, look at that IMAX, you know. I'm just going to bring up, though, for regular listeners, some people are fans of the... De- Vagrant we have on every now and then called Mr. Jim Cottle. Yeah, he's actually been on that boat when he went to Singapore. Yes, he has. Yes, nope. yes. You know, we, we when he showed us a picture of a yacht and told us it was the one off. off the it, it, it was. The, it was the one. We've yeah. no proof. We've got no proof. <laughs> but, <laughs> no proof. Yeah, you know, we've got no proof that a good friend of ours was uh, in Superman Two as a baby. But yeah. but I believe that is what I want to believe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll probably bring it up and explain it uh, at some point. I don't think now's the time. Though. No. <laughs> so here we go. All of a sudden. Uh, Gamble has got what he wanted. He's put a bounty on the Joker's head, and uh, these and the guys street from... urchins are, are, are bringing in a body. And yep, yeah, it's the Joker. So, yeah, yes, 500, 500 grand. Oh, dead. just check that he's dead. Oh. Here we go. The first of two stories about the origin of Joker's scars. Oh, I love this speech. Of the two, which do you prefer? The father or the the wife? Um, I've got to be honest, I think they're both equally good. That's not a cop-out, but I will say this one is more impacting because on the second one, you know now that he's bullshit. You know he's just riffing. Yeah, Whereas which, is, one, which is great. I think that's even better, the fact he's making yeah. it up. But I was going to say the impact yeah. of this now when he says about what his dad does with the knife. Yeah. Oh... You know, they're both messed up. You've got the first one where you've got a father doing it to his child, which is horrific, or the second one where he does it to himself to, 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 to keep his, his wife happy because yeah. mob, you know, the uh, mobsters have cut her face up. They're both completely messed up. Um, I do prefer the father one. And again, this adds to the one thing that every other iteration that we've had of the Joker, really. There is no backstory with this. No, there isn't. And, and I, know, I know they're doing one now with Joaquin Phoenix. And, yeah. You know, I don't want to jump on that and say it's going to be rubbish straight away because it might be good. I don't know. I'm not going to pass judgment on it. 
But I, I've always thought you don't need to know anything about the Joker. You just need to know that the Joker is the Joker. That's right. And I think, is it... Which of the Batman stories they tried to... Was it the Killing Joke? They tried to explain his backstory? Yeah, Jack, And it didn't yeah. It didn't work. He was a film comedian. Yeah, which I yeah think that's right. what yeah. they're doing now with um, the Todd Phillips Phoenix film. Is yeah. going to be the film comedian based on that. Yeah. No, I, you know, I asked Hayden in the last episode if he had any ideas as to what he thought, you know, in his, his own mind, the Joker's uh, backstory was. And he didn't. I've got my own. We may... Uh, um, there's, there's quite a few sort of internet rumours that he's like a sort of war veteran and I, I think he's someone who's got a degree of training he's, yeah. he's so well organised he knows the you know the, the police's you know procedures inside and I, look doesn't that look like the Fox Diard building the one just on it the does, left yeah. there do you think Neil that this whole scene in Hong Kong is necessary or Singapore is it it's Hong Kong Hong Kong do you think it's necessary um I kind of like. I can see it doesn't really push the story on, but I kind of like it because this is the one time for me when Nolan sort of almost auditions to do a Bond film. I I, I think it is. I think it's entirely necessary. It shows that Batman is, you know, he's, he doesn't operate just within Gotham, and it is also nice to have a change of scenery, and it does, you know, isn't you know at all hampered by the fact that it looks incredible, doesn't it? Yeah. Apart, no, from, was a apart, from, apart from the obvious 90s films, which are 90s, but you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, those establishing shots there of, of the city in IMAX just look incredible. I do like the sort of cheeky thing of, uh, yeah, a simple phone call must have sufficed. It's like a, a kind of fuck you to Lau, but at the same time, yeah. he's, he's there for, you know, other reasons to, you- to help Bruce Wayne or Batman to, to bring him back to Gotham. But you know that would kind of fit into the sort of Bruce Wayne persona as well that he would fly someone like halfway across the world just to tell you no, yeah, because he's got right. the money. He's to got do the it. money to do it. Money isn't an object. So it to just it. fits into that sort of playboy mentality, doesn't it? Yeah. Imagine I work having transparent, uh, you know, chest of drawers so they could see you know your little bottle of whiskey <laughs> or your you know the fact you've got a little. Neil, got any, got any cookies left the other day? No, no, I have them all. Uh, I, I've got some in your drawer there, Neil. You know there's never any cookies no, left. Or no. <laughs> uh. chocolate eclairs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's establishing now um, a, a plot device that becomes relevant later is this sonar device, which links, um, you know, later on in the film, Lucius Fox uses it to link um, people's cell phones uh, to use them as a sort of makeshift radar. Now we've got this great aerial shot at the top of the building. Now... If the rumours are to be believed, this ba- is, that was Bale. This is actually Bale stood on the side. Ba- yeah. Christian Bale doing a Tom Cruise. Um, not quite a Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise would be running. Oh, down Tom, yeah, Tom Cruise would have jumped off it. <laughs> just a, yeah, you know that's clearly Christian Bale. But uh, yeah, look yeah. at you know look at the photography. It's incredible. And again, like you say that you know when I was saying about sort of Nolan's audition for Bond, he doesn't need to audition for Bond. But this is very sort of again reminiscent of the sort of scene in Skyfall, isn't it? Obviously, yeah, Skyfall came after this, yeah. but uh, no, but yeah. do you know what I'm saying? It's, oh, know, yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. that sort of vibe to it, hasn't it? You know, again, it's like it's that thing of he has now become an international superhero, like Bond is an international spy, yeah. Yeah, I, I think this this scene is entirely necessary, and you know, if for no other reason, and he's just such a really cool scene. And again, he's got to establish his technology, which becomes a big part later on. And also, he's you know he has to bring Lau back. You could argue is the whole Lau subplot necessary, but then you know you could say that about a lot of the stuff in this film. No, I think I just it's a good scene because it shows 
Batman, being Batman, away from the Joker. And I think we need that in this film. Because obviously, as we've said, the Joker does dominate. Yeah, you know, he's actually gets more, gets more screen time than Batman, doesn't he? So, you know. That's been there. we got the Batman flying through the, the cityscape here. Yeah. And like, you know, people say about it being realistic. Let's be honest. Now, one gets to win, he's going the other way. So it's not that realistic. Well, it, it, it's like base jumping, you know? Yeah. Base jumping, you just tend to fall downwards, not career through. But then, you know, he's got these these awesome back wings that were established in the first film. Yeah. Now this, you know, the, the fighting style he uses here now, it... I see. It's it's not a flurry of punches. It, it's one really well placed hard punch just to knock someone down, knock them out. It, and it's, you know, it's just almost like a sort of boxer stance he uses with like the yeah. set, bringing in the elbows in with like a tie boxing, but keeping his feet very straight so he hits down the middle all the time. Yeah, and I think he's um, they were pretty much finding their way with the first film, trying to establish what was going to work and what wasn't working. By the time they got to this film, yeah, they've they pretty much nailed his fighting style and the fight choreography. Because again, you don't need to be fancy when you've got a no. an armoured suit on. That's right. It makes more sense to make sure that each strike is deliberate and well placed. You know, as we know, what's more effective? Five or six poorly thrown punches or one good haymaker? Blood first trauma every time. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now, the great thing I love about this is this um, this skyhook thing, which is um, it's established in one of the Bond films, isn't it? One of the I think it's You Only Live Twice, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I think it's. Which yeah. again? Is that? 19... You only yeah. lived twice, 1967. Set in Singapore? Uh, Japan. Japan. Oh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's the one where he goes to Japan. One of my favourite Bond films, actually. Definitely best theme tune, that's for sure. Mm. Nancy, Na- Sinatra. Nancy Sinatra. Amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, he gets whipped up. Yeah. Say what you want, whether necessary or not, this whole scene is just cool as hell. Gotta love IMAX photography. Yeah, I think you know the IMAX thing was a big thing that um, Nolan pushed when this film was made. I think it was the first film to predominantly. I say predominantly. I think it's only about thirty odd minutes of this yeah. film is shot in IMAX. But prior to that, um, you Doing know, like documentaries. Yeah, it was like documentaries or, or, or like sort of NASA films. I think at the time there were six, there were six IMAX rigs available. I think Nolan used them all and he actually destroyed one in the underground chase. And yeah. I think they were something like a couple of hundred thousand pounds each. 250,000 pounds for a camera rig. And they were they were big, they were noisy, they were bulky. Apparently all the, the you know the dialogue had to be ADR. I know, you know, a lot of um ADR goes on anyway. But you know, when you've got a big noisy camera, that's gonna mean that, you know, you you're gonna have to be redubbing over your you know, your actors' performances later on. Where would you read about uh, film facts like that about the Dark Knight? I, well, I, I'd go on film89.co.uk. I'd probably look at film facts on film89.co.uk. Th- there is a section on film facts. Have we covered The Dark Knight, Neil? I do believe I did an episode four of Film Facts, uh, which is also a series I haven't done for over a year, so I don't know why I'm pushing yeah, it. Right. But no, you've, it's, it's, not like it's that ins- long. It's giving me the inspiration to start doing more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Film Facts articles are, are great. Always very popular. I haven't, I haven't done one for a while, but I will start doing them again. Yeah, we do like them. So Lau's going to testify here now because uh, they go on about a Rico case here, Rico which, case. Think, which is actually 
I think it is a real legal term, isn't it? Where you can, if you convict one of uh, the co-conspirators in yeah. a conspiracy case, they're all guilty. They're basically. all guilty. Yeah. yeah. Which is why they brought down a lot of the sort of Chicago mob with, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. See, that's very Bobby Kennedy there. When he's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, massively. Thing, I, yeah. I, I don't buy that um, he's based on Teddy Roosevelt as much as um, it's more Bobby Kennedy for me, whether accidental or intentional. I love how cool Jim Gordon is by you. Uh, all the way through this, uh, Gordon, Gary, the way Gary Oldman plays him, he, if you look at him, he actually looks quite nerdy and quite awkward in the way he... But every time he gets the upper hand, he sort of oozes. Yeah. He's almost dancing when he walks into this, yeah. into this restaurant now, isn't he? You could argue that Gordon's more ahead of the curve than Batman because later on when he fakes his own death, it's quite clear that Batman doesn't know about it because Batman... Oh, yeah, it's on the, it's yeah, on the cuff, yeah. Batman goes to Jim Gordon's wife. He, he's sort of mourning his death. And I don't actually think that Batman was in on the you know the, the plot to, to fake his death. Knowing how much it would cost, you know, a city's prosecution team to to put the trial, say twelve of these mob guys. They do the and now you've thing. got now, how many of them? Yeah, but don't forget, you've just had one guy pull a gun on the TA. Right? Can we address the mayor's eye makeup? He's got eye makeup on, he's and a, not he hasn't got subtle eye makeup on. He's got eyeshadow on. He's a beautiful man, but why? Why? Look at it. He's got black eyeshadow on. I think that's going to 100% natural. What do you like that in Lost as well? He was in, he was in Lost. He looked like that in Lost I, as well. Neil, I, I bugged out of Lost after season two. Now we've got a big jump scare coming up. Look at that. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a bit heavy on the mascara and he looks very well, sort of Camus now, isn't he? You, yeah. Why, <laughs> why, is, why would he think that's a good idea? Here we go. I think you did grab my thigh of that bit when we first saw this, didn't you? And sort of let, let out a bit of a shriek. I, I was looking for an excuse anyway, if I'm honest. Oh, nearly always like that. <laughs> And the Joker card pinned to the body armor of the the phony Batman. Will the real Batman please stand up? Yeah, the Joker was a bit of an Eminem fan. Uh, C. Anthony Michael Hall from Weird Science. Yeah, doesn't look anything like he used to. He's one of the few child actors that didn't grow up to look like a bizarre puppet of himself. That's right. Yeah. If you look at a lot of child actors, they look really weird when they get yeah. older. He's just like he just looks like a normal bloke. It's quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> and this whole scene, as much as um, Christopher Nolan gave. Heath Ledger, carte blanche to design his suit, his makeup, and all of these scenes where we see this one now and later on where um, Anthony Michael Hall's character is kidnapped as well. 
This was actually filmed, shot by Heath Ledger. Yeah, he just got on with it, didn't he? He yeah. didn't even have a, a second unit there, did he? Just give him a camcorder and let him get on with it. And again, credit to, to Nolan for allowing him to do that. Can you imagine the first time that Nolan sort of sat down, like, whether it was in an apartment or in a restaurant or whatever, and had that initial meeting with Heath Ledger? What have you got planned? And he yeah. comes back to you like two months later with this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're going to think, yeah, we've struck gold here. So we've got the big uh, fundraising bash that Bruce Wayne uh, is holding for Harvey Dent. Right. Does Maggie Gyllenhaal pull it off as Rachel Dawes? Do you know, as talented an actress and as well regarded as an actress as she is, I actually think I prefer Katie Holmes. I think it's, yeah, and I, I this is going to sound... Because it was almost like an innocence to Katie Holmes. It was, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal's Rachel She's too spunky. Yeah, and she's almost cocky for no reason. Yeah. She's very sort of like, you know, yeah. oh, you know, oh, all the rich people, and you know. I think she's overly cocky. Whereas I think the other Rachel Dawes was less cocky, but more yeah, had 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 heart and was, you know, she could back it up with how able she was. Now I love this bit. Batman walking in here. I'll oh, say Bruce Wayne walking in with four, just three, four, four, four. <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Where does he get those toys? Yeah. <laughs> Four supermodels there. <laughs> now, I like this bit because at first it looks as if he's just doing it to mock yeah. Harvey Dent. But then he does a bit of a bit of a heel turn and... No, he's, he's quite genuine. You have you have to imagine as well that the people in this room have been around Bruce Wayne acting like a complete arsehole. Yeah. So initially, it's actually more impacting for him to come out, be his normal arsehole self, and then suddenly become sincere. It's like you're getting a pin drop now. That's right. Yeah, they're like, oh, you know, he's, he's actually being sincere for once. And even yeah. Rachel, when she confronts him out on the balcony, she, she still thinks that he's, you know, he's doing it to sort of mock him. And the thing is, that's, that's the thing. You know, he is, in a way, he is. Right. He is the is, tipping of the drink. Tips his drink out just as when the Joker comes into the party later on. Does exactly the same thing. These are two guys that they've got to stay sober, sharp, on the edge. Could have gone into a quote from Heat there, couldn't I? But I think they tip it out for different reasons. Yeah. I think when a Joker tips his drink out, it's more for comedic effect. Just a drink from an empty glass. Because if yeah. you notice, Bruce's tip of the drink is very deliberate. Whereas the yeah. Joker, he swipes the glass and yeah. it goes up in the air and flies out. Mm. And it's almost as if he does a double take without doing a double take, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I do, like, the, I do like that. They're though. both the same end result, I think, is to stay yeah. sharp and not quick. Especially the Joker. Because, you know, he's a guy with like 15 different plans all going on at once. Now, do you think that Dent knows there's something going on between, or has been something going on between yeah, those two? Yeah, I think so. But I don't think he knows the full extent of it. I think it's just one of those things where you would just instantly be threatened by a good looking multi billionaire best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just. I love the, you know, like the sort of blue lighting. It's like that James Cameron effect, isn't it? Yeah, you've got that sort of hue to it, haven't you? Like, yeah. Almost like, um, look, at, look at everything outside, there's virtually blue. It always looks like you say it's not even quite dusk, is it? It's quite. Um, yeah, like magic hour yeah. most of the time. I think you know, most of that in this case is done with filters. You know, this is probably like a sort of almost day for night effect. 
we've got the commissioner here, Colin McFarn. Yeah, who just he's a he's a Brit actor, isn't he? British actor. I don't know if he is American or whether he can no, just. He's a, I think he's a Brit actor. I know he lives in Britain because he he does loads. He was in the Fast Show for years. He was, and but he used to put a, and he used to do an American accent. Best, yeah. and he, he, quite often, I know you wouldn't know this, but he quite often turns up in things like Torchwood and Doctor Who uh, and that. Right, yeah, you could guarantee if there's ever like a sort of NATO sort of leader yeah. or something, Harry Lowe be the guy who does it. I don't actually know if he is. I think he is British. I think he's just really good at doing an American accent. Mm. Our American listeners may disagree. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, there's obviously, there, there's a few of them in here. There's a few sort of Brit actors yeah. turning up in there. Yeah. Including Mandy from Hollyoaks. I'll show you later. Okay. <laughs> That's not a real name, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she'll always be known as Mandy from Hollyoaks. I did not expect to be talking about the uh, British soap Hollyoaks. Is that still on? I don't know. It's I don't know. It is still on, actually. It is, like, oh. yeah, it is still on. So it was like a rhetorical question. You already knew the answer. No, no, don't drink that. Oof, what was he going to say there? The guys are going to be... Oh, chokeholds in. Up. Ah, oh, that's great. So, not only has he gone to the trouble of putting explosives underneath the, um, the, the the judge's card, but he's also probably put a suitcase full of um, Joker cards in there as well. He's laced a scotch drink with a smoking drug that he yeah. smokes after you drink it. It does, it doesn't. Yeah. It, but we're allowed to do that, see? We're allowed to do that. Now, by here, Michael Caine actually had a line, didn't he? And he fluffed it because yeah. he was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> if you notice, that's the same shotgun that William Fitchner pulls on him in the bank job. Ah. Now, I didn't notice whether he took it with him. Or whether he just liked it. Perhaps he thought yeah. it was good. Perhaps he just got to go up the same model. Hmm. Or they just used the same one from the prop department. <laughs> Could be. Now look, see, I don't know he, if you meant to No, I that. think it, no, that's, that's intentional. Think that's, more, that's intentional. I think that was more of a comic effect. Just noticed that. Uh... And he goes into his panic room. Again. It fits in so well. He's actually disguised his persona because now it would be selfish yeah, bastard. Selfish, he's just left us dick, behind. Yeah. Second story here coming up. Yeah. Now he was going to tell the old dude the same story. We didn't know. My father. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, he did my father. So you he's always got what he does. Scars, yeah, what he does for guys and what he does for girls. Like, oh, look at it. He's just so creepy and just. Have you noticed the the potato peeler knife? Yeah, and I have often wondered about that. I think it is. It, it, it's a potato peeler knife. Is it just to cause more of a scar, or is it? Yeah, it's a potato, I think it's a potato peeler. Yeah.
know, I just think it's one of these knives where there's a portion of the blade sort of missing to make it lighter. And yeah. obviously that allows it to retract them because it'd be a central sort of... Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that one of the knives is a potato peeler. Yeah. I think uh, any Hot Toys fans out there who've got the uh, the Joker DX11 figure might uh, notice. Oh, I think yeah. that's... Uh, I haven't got it. Check you out. No. <laughs> I, I bought it off a guy off eBay from Italy, paid £200 for it, and he never sent it to me. Do you need money back? Yeah, PayPal pay me back. I don't know, that's uh, the one Hot Toys figure I haven't been able to get, and it's now going for about £650. Mm. Yeah. I have actually got a potato peel that looks like that, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see the Rachel striking in there, you know. It's... Yeah. She doesn't. I don't. I don't go on record. She doesn't work in it. The Rachel doesn't work in it. I, no, no. I don't know. Having recently rewatched um, Batman Begins, I would have, for continuity purposes, if nothing else, liked to have seen him um, stick with. Uh, I've forgotten her name again. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, former Miss Cruz. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the, did boot, he, did boot, he, good old boot blade. No, did he actually get Batman then? Um, I don't know. But this suit, I think, is um, is a lot more uh, resilient to knives as opposed to guns, doesn't he say? Yeah, yeah the, the, the suit in this one is much better. Definitely much better. Let her go. Poor choice of words. Now, I always get the impression it's that sort of thing that they... No, they actually fall at the same time. He caught up with it on the, uh, yeah. you know, the sliding window. So, it's not a broken bone on Rachel. I think a taxi driver would be dead as well. well yeah, honest. yeah, he would. But you again, know. like I say, as much as people always say Nolan brought sort of seriousness and realism to the film, there's so many sort of like almost sort of old tropes that throughout this film, things like that, that Batman can do that, you know? But you don't question it. Because, you don't question it. No, you don't. And I don't think it you know, it harms a film at all. I think the little things that do will come to later on are just completely unnecessary point plot points, I think, which were just put in to make Batman look like more of a detective and to, um, I don't know, just sort of pad the story out unnecessarily. So, it's the old uh, story of the, the the bandit. Now, what do you think? What, what did Al Alfred do before? He, he's clearly ex-Special Forces. He's, um, well, yeah. he's... My friends and I were working for the local government. Now, now Burma, that would fit in with SAS because they started off as what he used to call Desert Rats and Jungle Rats. Yeah. Because they were formed after World War Two, where they realised they had to have a specialist unit that could do, yeah, sort of jungle warfare. Obviously, yeah, you know, Alfred's British. Yeah, if he is going to work for you know a special forces, it'd be you know the SAS. Because yeah. the sort of backstory with Alfred as a character, isn't it? He is the SAS, SAS, and then became. Um, I can't remember if it was like sort of MI six, but he was definitely, and he gave you order to become an actor, and when he was down on his luck. That's when Bruce Wayne's dad hired him. Right. 
but that's where they get the theatricality from mm-hmm. for, the, for the Batman thing and all the sort of stage props, you know, the yeah. explosions and smoke bombs. But of course, this does that with Raz Al Ghul in the first film, so I don't know if that's the same. Yeah, you know, again, we we don't get that. That's that's pretty much the most of um, Alfred's backstory that we ever get. Ah, more great IMAX photography. Again, Christian Bale proving anything Tom can do. Yeah, I can do too. Although if he did fall off, he'd just put his wings out. And... Well, yeah, obviously he'd just float down. Or just land on a taxi. It'd be fine. Right. Now, here we go. Unfortunately, this is an audio comedy, so I can't pause this. I'm just going to try and explain as quickly as possible my issues with this scene. And if anyone um, has got an explanation as to why this scene does work, please email us at admin at film89.co.uk with your lengthy explanation because (laughs) I'll start with my first problem. This scene doesn't progress the plot at all. He kills two guys with names Harvey and Dent, which, you know, all right, that's that's fine. That's by the by. My issue now is the fact that Batman gets this bullet from the wall. Why is it being fired into the wall? Right, he wants to retrieve a fingerprint from a bullet that's been fired down the barrel of a gun into a brick. Yeah, he has no, now, he has no real idea that the joke right. is when he shot it. That's right. <laughs> now, whoever pushed the bullet into the clip would have left their thumbprint on it. Yeah, granted, there's, yeah, you, anyone that's loaded a, you know, a magazine with a bullet, you use your thumb to push the bullet down. But if anyone out there has got um, you know, uh, a, a very detailed, specific knowledge of um, ballistic forensics. Please, can you tell me how you would, re- re- how are you going to retrieve using even like Star Trek like tra- technology? Which you know, well, I would think you, you can't. Right, even a, a, fing- a, f- a fingerprint is the oils off your off your skin. Yeah. Yeah. Now, anyone that knows anything about fingerprints, if I was to break into your car tonight now and leave a fingerprint on, you know, on on the dashboard. Fingerprints are so delicate, being just, you know... Basically uh, just grease. Yeah, yeah grease. grease back, yeah. If it was a particularly cold night, or, or, or a very humid night, then that you know that fingerprint could diminish over yeah. you know a small amount of time. They, 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 they're not... You know, you can wipe fingerprints off. That's why when you see people picking up a gun in a film, they wipe the fingerprints off. How the hell, right, is a fingerprint going to stay on a bullet? Bearing in mind, right, the part of the bullet that's fired... Yeah, it's, it's, not not the, it's not the bullet casing, is it? It's the bullet casing which gets ejected, and he is getting the fingerprint off the bullet tip, which has been fired down the rifled barrel, which basically carves, in, up, yeah, carves, it carves it. an it's indentation out. into a bullet and causes it to spin. And it's intensely heat. Yeah, and it's you've got intense well. heat as well. <laughs> it is literally more far-fetched than if Batman were to go down to the his basement thing and make a makeshift rocket and fly to the moon. It's I th- ridiculous. I think, like I say, the, the sort of general populist idea is they wanted Batman to be shown to be a detective. They, they, they did, but we, that is the most far-fetched. And they took it too far. It's ridiculous. And why do you need those big miniguns to fire into the bricks other than to look cool? It, no, it doesn't need to. It, it's, the whole scene just does need to be in there. And However, we do now get to Mr. Reese again. Yeah. Trying to blackmail... Bruce Wayne because he's found out about the Tumblr. I do like the fact that he says ten million dollars. He's not going too far. He's he not ten million a year. Oh yeah, ten a million year. a year. That, yeah. That's a drop in the ocean to Bruce Wayne. But then we come back to the, like you know you, you want to blackmail one of the world's richest yeah, men. It's, it's who brilliant. Night dresses up as a vigilante yeah. bat and beats people after death. But it just... so here we go now, right? He's reconstructing a fragmented bullet. By this, by by that point, 
no, it's... Well, you wouldn't push it on top of the bullet. You push the you, base of the bullet. You would, you would push the, the actual yeah. shell, the bit that's ejected from the gun, the bit that's not fired. It's, it's something that, like, it, it, I, again, it, it's something that doesn't bother me as much as it obviously bothers you and a lot of other people. What, what bothers me is the fact but that no one said to Nolan at any point, Christopher, no. that idea is completely ridiculous. Well, it was probably David S. Goyer as well, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it? you could, in, in five minutes, come up with another little subplot um, that just, you know, shows Batman investigating things. Yeah, it's I like the you know the, the Batman Arkham games on on the you know the PlayStation and, and, and Xbox. You've you've got constant little submissions where Batman is doing investigating. Yeah. You could have taken any little idea from those from from the you know the decades of comic books we've got and implemented something like that. Not come up with this ridiculous bullet thing that just doesn't work. And it it's little things like that which become a bit of a cumulative problem in these films, especially in the third film that just do. They do great on me a little bit, and they, they, they're just unnecessary. Now we're going to go into the um, the big parade, and th there's going to be some questions I've got here, which I'm just... But again, I so say you've got to go back to the, sort of the, the writing as well with this. I mean, you've got David S. Goyer, who's... He's, again, he's, he's very hit and miss. He's, very hit and miss, yeah. You know? Didn't he, direct, he directed Blade Trinity, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he wrote, he wrote all through the Blade films. Yeah. Like I say, Martin and... Uh, James were talking about oh yeah, big Wheel big recently. shout out to uh, Wrong Wheel. Um, one of the recent episodes was Martin Castle and James yeah, Hancock superb, talking about the the Blade, yeah, the Blade uh, trilogy. Stole that away from us. I think we'd have loved to have done it. We can't, oh, do, well, can't do it. That was no point. No, there's no point. They no um, point. we can't we couldn't add anything that they didn't cover. Great episode. But yeah, they were saying about going there about he does sort of let himself down a lot of times with you know, didn't know when to put the brakes on. Yeah, no, you're right. He does. The only problem with doing a commentary on a film like this is you just get so tempted just to sit back and watch. And you could, yeah, literally. This is one of those films. I know it's a bit of a cliche. It's one of those films where we come in at any time of night and this is halfway through. Yeah, you're going to watch it. it. Yeah, I do apologise everyone if there are um, gaps in, in you know of silence. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to edit them out because if we did and you are going to watch um, or, or listen to this commentary with uh, the film playing, then you're going to be out to sync with us. So, yeah. so this is the honour guard. So he's replaced them, swapped them out with his own men. Yeah. Absolutely fine. Because then he's going to kill the mayor or, or, or Commissioner Gordon. Or, yeah. So he was going for the mayor, wasn't he? What is this setup here with the, the, the thing being rigged for the blind to go up? What's he trying to do there? I think he's just... But I, I think whether he's onto Batman yet, I don't know. But, but surely I think he he's anticipating either the police... Or Batman finding... But surely the then he would be putting Batman's life at risk. And as we know, he doesn't want to kill Batman. But again, he knows that Batman's not going to die from a bullet. He knows that... You know, well, yeah, but he's, he's Bruce Wayne there. He's, he doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, but does uh, he know that Bruce Wayne's going to turn up? I think well, yeah, he's thinking yeah. that Batman's going to turn up. Yeah. I love the fact that we see the Joker there without his makeup. Yeah, and again, you know, it, it sort of adds to it as well. Because although he's got uh, no white makeup on there... He's wearing a lot of foundation. So you're not actually seeing his skin colour either. Yeah. If you notice that. He's still got like flesh going to... Flesh coloured makeup on. Yeah. And we get Jim Gordon get shot, presumably dead. Yeah. Spoiler. He's not. But yeah, I, yeah. Let's be honest. If you listen to this, if you listen to this, I, I'm hoping you've seen the film uh, several times. By I now. would imagine if you, even if you, even if you've got it on at the moment without with any ramblings, if you haven't seen it at least three times, you're not going to know what's going on. No, anyway. that's right. Please, yeah, don't make your first view of the Dark Knight be uh, with this audio commentary on. These officer Rachel Dozer they've just found. Yeah. 
So we know the next victim is going to be Rachel. So this guy here, that's David Dashmillion. He's from Ant-Man. Yeah. He plays uh, the Russian guy, one of... Um, yeah. And he's just got one of those faces. He just he just looks... He could be the Joker himself looking at that, could Yeah, he? he's a he's a very distinctive looking guy. Yeah, plays Kurt in, uh, in Ant-Man. And... Uh, as we'll later find out, uh, also Ant-Man and the Wasp, a, thing, a film that I think we may well be covering in an upcoming episode. I've actually heard there's rumours there that I might be doing two podcasts on the bounce, mate. Oh. You know you know, I like to space it out. Yeah. But I might actually come back and do Ant-Man with you. Well, I, 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 hope, I hope you're going to. Keep the, <laughs> keep the Marvel Dream Team together. Yeah. See if we can get uh, Richie on board as well. Obviously, I have to take a lot of time because you know, because of my art, and my but that novel I'm working on. Well, yeah, but Neil, it's going no, to be right. wor- Mandy from Ollie Oaks sat next to uh, Eric Roberts there. Ah, right. Uh, it is as well. I could just remember we well, were sat in the cinema, and I was just like, "That's Mandy off Ollie Oaks." Holy shit! Another Brit actor, or you know. Well, I presume a lot of this was because I know some of this filmed in Chicago, but I presume some of it's still filmed in Pinewood as well. Especially you know interior scenes like this. No, interior yeah. scenes like this, so it would make sense to use Brit actors, wouldn't it? You know. Yeah. It is at this point, Neil. I will consult IMDb and uh, look at the shooting locations. Yeah, it was. Um, some of it was shot shot in their Battersea Power Station yeah. um, in London, which I presume is that that's where that club was. Yeah. Um, there was some scenes in Bedfordshire, in uh, also in uh, England. Mm. Uh, Westminster University, Chertsey in Surrey. So it's quite a sizable amount filled in Britain. Yeah, you had uh, Twickenham, Middlesex. Yeah, so you got the Criterion Theatre in um, London, and Leesden Studios as well. Yeah, so there's, I, I would imagine that nightclub scene there was shot in the UK. And I'm just going to consult IMDb now to give Mandy from Hollyoaks quotes uh, the, the, what she deserves. Her name's actually Sarah Jane Dunn. Sarah Jane Dunn. So there you go. There Did not expect to be um, giving more than uh, <laughs> two minutes to Hollyoaks on this, uh, <laughs> you know on this me, episode. Every podcast, I like to tell you I don't like Tom Cruise, but I really do. I like to shout out one Night Talks and always mention Hollyoaks. Yeah. That's a trifecta done now. I've got it done. There you go. Love this bit. Drops him uh, three stories, not to kill him, but to break his ankles. Yeah. And that bit, yeah, that's that's nasty. Luck, lucky he didn't land on his head, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what if he, what if he, what if he turned in midday and... <laughs> Batman, he says he doesn't kill, but he does He does push things close to the edge, doesn't he? If you notice, you're Eric Roberts as well. Now, whenever he gets hurt, he does that sort of half-closed eye thing. Because you remember he did that in uh, Best of the Best. And and also, wasn't it, Runaway Train with John Voight? Yeah. Manny, Manny. Manny, I got you, Manny. <laughs> what's he saying I want to say I've got nowhere else to go but that's obviously I don't know but the best of the best is basically like you gotta let me fight yeah oh Eric Roberts God bless him now all of a sudden Harvey Dent has gone from being Gotham's white knight this sort of um, paragon of justice into He's, he's already skirting close to the dark side. I suppose, I mean, you could be angry he's looking for Rachel or whatever, but you'd have thought that perhaps he might have tried to interrogate him properly before going straight to the sort of yeah. Russian roulette. Yeah. 
And just to make it clear to people who, you know, don't know, because a lot of people, I think, haven't picked up on the fact that Harvey's got two-headed coin. Can we just say that again? A two-headed, a two-headed coin. coin. So he doesn't actually make, you know, he does make his own luck, as he says. He doesn't leave things to chance. He calls heads on what he wants, and lo and behold, it's going to be heads because tails isn't an option with his coin. No, Batman, have a look at that coin. Come on, you're supposed to be a great detective. What else is that David Dashmillian being up? Oh, he's been, he's been, he's been, he's been loads of something things. aside from Ant Man. Oh, where else have I seen? Ah, oh, um, something recently, the coroner, uh, Blade Runner 2049. He was. He's he the was. coroner that um, Love uh, hits him to the back of the yeah. neck and breaks his neck. That was brutal as well. That, that was brutal, it? yeah. Yeah, rewatched that recently. Yeah, on, on recommendation uh, from Leighton Winstone from oh, the uh, Undead, Undead Wookie podcast. Yeah. yeah, and I'll keep me to watch it again. We did it once in the cinema. We, uh, yeah, we did. We took our we took our older friend with us, didn't we? We did take uh, the late Jim Cottle with us. Yeah, one happy was he? He wasn't happy. No, he wasn't. <laughs> stormed out. He did. He stormed out. Later retracted some of his criticism of the oh, film. Just, yeah. <laughs> You enjoyed Mission Impossible 6 this week as well, yeah. Yeah, we'll, uh, we're not going to talk about no. that now. <laughs> so, do you think he Bruce Wayne would have actually turned himself in at this point? No, I don't think he would no, have. No, I don't think he would have either. He was a... Obviously, it looks like he's going to get up, but... You know, the Bruce Wayne that's been established is not going to give everything up now. No. No way. And again, it actually goes against Alfred's little talk about some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, but I think because if you give up now, I think Batman, even at this point, is still underestimating the Joker. Yeah, not as much as he was, but you know, I certainly think all throughout this film, he just underestimates him at every turn. I think a lot of it is he's so used to just dealing with. Criminals as such, that yeah. he's not. Oh, I did like there are batarangs in this film. He just doesn't throw them. Like he's oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that that suit so much better. What is, right? What is this building? Is it something you know? It well, it's, it's apparently look at the shape on it. It's, it's, it's all like, like like a sort of pit or something, and they've just built a roof over the top. Oh yeah, there, yeah, yeah. No, it could be. But it's got furnaces in this. No, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it it's, in, a, it's in a dockyard. It looks, it, it looks cool. It looks, it looks cool, cool as fuck. It's not I'm not, I'm not questioning it. it as a sort of, um, you know, nitpick. I would worry about that electricity bill, though. Yeah. You know? He's very wasteful, isn't he? Well, I mean, he's got, you know, a sort of nice, you know, log burner in the wall there. You know, that's not gonna. That's only gonna. That's not even gonna heat a, a small portion of that vast room. Look at it down. And it's back. concrete as well, which is inherently cold. So I suppose yeah. Yeah, it, I'm not being funny. His, his interior designer. He's they, put no carpet down. No, it's not very homely at all. There's not even a coffee machine in there. I like it? that line. I'm gonna tell everyone. That it, I like. I love the interplay between which, between Bruce Wayne and, and Alfred in this film. Which was the line I used on you after our little scuffle on there. Avengers Assemble when we came out and those lads were having a bit Infinity of a War Infinity yeah. War sorry oh yeah you did yeah. I said if the police show up and they're telling me it was your idea 
and the police did turn up yeah. didn't they <laughs> but people who don't know what we're talking about if you go back and listen to our Avengers Infinity War episode uh, Neil Ritchie and myself did get into a little bit of an incident involving some thugs who wanted to cause some mayhem in the car park after the film vagabonds I would refer vagabonds. to vagabonds rapscallions rapscallions quickly got their ears boxed yes they, <laughs> they did they did So obviously we have Bruce Wayne now. He's going to give himself up as Batman. He's yeah. Going to wait for Harvey just to finish uh, grandstanding. I love it. You know, he's got a lot of these um, trailer scenes, like the night is darkest before the dawn. I'm sure that was in a trailer. Yeah. Certainly the one about you either um, <laughs> live long, live enough. long enough to. Oh, you know, I can't even remember the line. Yeah, you're a dire hero. Dire you're hero. Live, you live long enough to see yourself become the bad guy. That's a, that's a you know, great trailer line. Brilliant. Now, I don't accept that the whole town instantly would go, yeah, let's all give up and give Batman up. I think they'd be more like, why isn't Batman kicking his ass? Yeah. Yeah. But I think this, you know, this isn't representative of all of Gotham. This is just sort of, you know. But he's just, Harvey's just giving himself up as Batman. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, if you wanted to look really cool, that'd be the thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Batman. Oh, yeah, I'm Batman, yeah. Yeah. Just like Tony Stark did in that film from another franchise that we're not going to mention on this very DC-centric podcast episode. They brought up the MCU, not us. Yeah, okay. What's the MCU stand for? Uh, Major Crime Unit. Oh, right. It's not Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ah, It's twice. Come on, (laughs) O'Neill. Let's give something to the DC fans, this this Marvel free, because if our next episode's going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp... All right, all right. Come on. Do you think of this as a DC comic book movie? It, I, know if, I know it, it features right, DC it, comic book characters, but do you think it's a DC comic book movie? Yes, because it's Batman, and I think just because it's got a completely different um, feel to the other Batman films we've had, um, I don't think it's any less of a DC comics adaptation. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this breaks away from what we're used to now as a, as a comic and I think book that's movie. why it stands out. Yeah, I think like visually, you're sat there watching this film, and because. It hasn't got these artificial-looking things like when we, when Hayden and I discussed the trilogy, and I had issues with the narrows in the first film. They looked completely artificial compared to the rest of the oh, film. Yeah. It was shot in Chicago, whereas this film completely avoids any sense of artificiality. And I think that's what makes it such a just damn yeah, it good looks, film. Everything about this, everything about this looks real, doesn't it? It does everything. You can imagine. Oh, right, yeah, the police station probably wouldn't look that cool and that industrial. But it, that. there's there's nothing over the top. But it stands out as being campy or unrealistic. But if you look at a lot of the buildings and a lot of the old, sort of like even like with the bunker there, it's almost like gothic. It's almost like steampunk, but it's not quite there. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it's just treading the line of, you know, like looking like a trendy wine bar rather than yeah, looking yeah. like sort of a Absolutely. Tim Burton's wet dream, like you know. Yeah. Right, is it? There's a two-headed coin, which she now looks at. Yeah, and she works out. And she says, yeah. "Oh, now this whole scene. Oh my word, is just." And the, I didn't even notice this probably until about my fourth or fifth viewing. Little to no music apart from that, like, dissonant Joker sort of um, yeah. chord. Just kill the cop and yeah, cold blood. Yeah. Which again, I like. I, you know, I don't like cops getting shot. Don't take that the wrong way. But I like the fact that he is just capable of just randomly shooting yeah, someone that quick. Yeah. It, anything to get the job done. 
Just for the record, I don't like cops being shot, okay? No, no, no. <laughs> look, I mean, look at that. It, it, it's just... Every frame of this film just looks incredible. Again, very symbolic there. He sets fire to a fire truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like it's, the one thing that was going to put it out. Right. He set on fire. And again, I think it was it wasn't on the first um, view when I noticed when when the Joker's truck pulls up now and he had laughter is the best medicine and he yeah it turns to slaughter doesn't slaughter added an S with the, with the, the spray paint. The bit, ah, oh. isn't right? Isn't there a scene exactly like that in Mission Impossible Fallout? Yes. Yes. Right. Shot for shot, actually. Yeah. Slaughter is the best medicine. Look at that. It's just, you know, showing showing the the little dents the bullets make and. He's basically testing, the, you know, the armored car with all the yeah. weapons at his disposable at his disposal before he then goes for the the RPG. What is that? Was that a <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, this whole scene is just—it's pure bliss. Again, no CGI or practical. No, all practical. Yeah. Um, some of it with models, but it's all seamless. Yeah. At no point do I ever question the realism of, I think, pretty much any of the action in in, in the film. It, it's all so well done. And it's the last major scene we get with the Tumblr. Yeah, it? it is. It is. Now, clearly, that was done with models, but again, just looks. It looks a business. It looks authentic, doesn't it? Yeah. It looks, you know. And it's only at this point that I, I realise I've missed the tumbler in this film. Yeah. And as much as, yeah, it's going to get destroyed, you see enough of it here to satisfy you, but then you get that awesome reveal later on, as we'll come to, of, of the Batpod, which yeah. I just... Oh, it. The first time I saw that, I think I, I was just dumbstruck. Again, no music. We, you know, the, the, the little Joker chord at the beginning has now yeah, died off. There's no music. It's just sound effect. And that's and a sign of a great composer, as, as, as I've said before, is when not to use music. You know, again, that may well have been look, a... Again, you could look at that as, again, as another heat reference with uh, sort of like this, you know, the gunfire. You know, the soundtrack yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, just using um, all, all the natural gunfire when they did you the... Know, um... And they have got so much sort of sound here with the vehicles. You've got such massive sort of vehicles. Everything's big and everything's yeah. nice, you know. The sound effects are enough of a soundtrack not to require any score. Oh, let me just go to... Yeah. Damage catastrophic. How long is this tunnel? Jesus. Oh, here we go. I spoke too soon. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to question how they knew. Oh, well, yeah, he sort of guided them, isn't he? Because like, the next bit's going to be, how do they know to get the guys on top of the building with the, uh, the wires on the harpoons to take the helicopter down? A little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah you know. Uh, 
Maybe because oh, the of the back part. Now, that, this is clearly CG, but just but because actually, we very quickly cut then to a, a scene of the actual bat pod. With a stuntman of Jean-Pierre Goy. Yeah. Who, the first time he drove it, or rode it, 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 it just didn't work. He took it back into the workshop, made a few adjustments, and then, you know, he was able to ride it perfectly. I think Bale had a go now as well, didn't he? Yeah. Bale actually did try and ride it. He did, yeah. Now, as much as... Yeah, the, the Joker's sort of guided the route for the armored car. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nitpick anymore. But uh, yeah, things like that. I'll sort of give a yeah. Break I, to, again, yeah. I this doesn't bother me in any way. Like the and um, again, were they planning to use those wires for something else? Were they planning? To, yeah, uh, yeah, they could have. You, know, to... you know, it does look, you know, looks pretty cool. Again, like Batman. I'm not being funny. If that was my car, and you're. Couldn't you have well, just driven you know, around he, he's it? He's got or... no guarantee that someone's not sat in there. Yeah, exactly. Pick their, pick their friend up or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sat waiting to, you know... Well, pick... you quite often lurk around car parks in your car, don't you? Just for no reason. No, not anymore, you're right. It's sort of no. large green areas. I no, I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. No. Wow. It's one way to stop their truck, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, the bat pod. It's just... What a cool design. Again, like, shooting shooting through a glass door. How does he know he's not going to shoot someone behind it? <laughs> well, right, just right. This, this Batman doesn't give a shit about collateral damage, and as much as he doesn't want to take a life, he seems more concerned with not taking the life of bad guys as opposed to, you know, decent, honest Gotham citizens he could be killing with his, his crazy oh, I antics. I will be straight. That was the one thing I didn't mind about Batfleck in... Uh... Batman he didn't Superman. give a shit, did he? Did he? You know, but he, he didn't care about you know. No. Oh now here we go again. One of the the standout scenes in the film. And again, the flipping of the truck, all done yeah, for real. Done for real, yeah. Done with an air ram, and obviously you know a much lighter than usual truck that had been stripped down. But still, they could have done this. Oh, easily, yeah. They, they could have done it with models, but you're not going to get the same sense of scale as having the real city no. there. As you're moving through those buildings and all the perspective is as it should be because it's real. God, you know, credit to Nolan. i got to be honest, that little flip wheelie as well in the back part. Oh, yeah, and the way so, when he, he came out of the alleyway and, and the, the wheels are tumbling. Yeah, it's, never gonna, it's not going to work in reality. But, but it, it looks the awesome. shit. It looks the shit. And this, you know, the way he's he's bit. disorientated and he, he's firing the gun off and ah, come on, come on, I want you to do it. Great. Because he wants him to break his rule of killing someone, yeah. and even if that means killing him, he's exactly. that. Well, he knows he's won then because he knows Batman's yeah. lost everything. But he knows know. at the same time, Batman won't do it. Yeah. What I can't understand with Batman is why he didn't just like shoot him in the kneecap. Blow his leg off. Yeah. Blow his leg off. Yeah. Well, he might bleed to death then. Well, he could drop a guy 30 foot off a building. <laughs> Spits on him. Spits, so Spits on him. I love it. You just give me a minute. Like, yeah. He's got him a gun for you. Yeah, I yeah. just want to take his mask off. Yeah. But I also think at this point as well, the Joker knows that the game is far from over, you know? Yeah. One thing, though, 
and this is the first time I've thought of that. As much as Joker's ahead of the curve, I don't think he's worked out the fact that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person. No, no, no. That's something in the books that they have touched on the fact that. Oh, occasionally, Jack Napier, Jack Nicholson's version worked yeah, out yeah, in yeah, twenty yeah. seconds, didn't he? Yeah, you know, a, a lot of um, Batman's nemesis over the years have, have temporarily sometimes worked out uh, the connection. Right, I'm pretty sure it's here that you see. There you go. Yeah, that is peeler. no, that is a potato peeler. Yeah, that shot. That's like just like every yeah. poster or t-shirt you ever wanted. Yeah, it? just him sat there in the cell. That look on his face. Amid all the chaos. So it's literally the cop there that we've got to the left of Dent. And I think... Not Dent, sorry. Uh, Jim Gordon. Yeah. Him and Gordon are the only two that I think they knew about that plot to fake his death. Yeah, because he was the cop that went over and sort of felt yeah. his pulse, wasn't he? Yeah. So he must have whispered to him quick, like, yeah. pretend I'm dead and get me out of here without any... Oh, uh, I'm not, not really dead. Yeah. Yeah. Can I like the, I like to think if I ever got shot... And I was laying there dead. That's where you do. You come over, you'd rip my shirt up, and I'd have a vest on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you'd be like, damn it, Gaskin. <laughs> Always play the Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. You wearing a bulletproof vest now? I am. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Just thought you'd been uh, no. doing, doing some push ups. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> 90% of me is uh, creatine, and the other 10% is Kevlar. Ah, right. <laughs> So, hey, how you doing? Um, my, my name's The Joker, and I can see you're a bit of a down-on-your-luck guy. Um, probably in need of some cash to keep yourself in there, you know, with a drink or drugs or whatever your, your thing of choice is. How about I give you a couple of hundred bucks, and then you allow me to stitch a mobile phone into your stomach? Are you cool with that? I'm going to go the other way. Yeah? Yeah. Hi, my name's The Joker. Can I buy you a drink? I'm going to show you the night of your life. You're going to wake up the next day. You're going to be a little bit sore. There's a phone in you, you don't know how it got in there. Yeah, and you know, it's. I, I'm not going to pick this one apart, but. Do you want to know why I cruise men's cars? <laughs> <laughs> because one lucky guy is going to have a mobile phone stitched into oh, his stomach. This is going back in the day as well, they were thin. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. I always assume this is 90s, but it's not 2008. Yeah. I think no, it's like 10 years ago. I instantly go back to the 90s. Oh, well, yeah, because you're living in the past. I know. <laughs> Again, we should be talking over this now, but it's just. <laughs> It's just, it, it's just mesmerizing, captivating. Any time that you know Heath Ledger's on screen, you just you just got to listen. For people who aren't watching it uh, in a in sort of time, it's, we are now on the interrogation scene, or just coming up to it. Well, with... it's the oft forgotten interrogation scene because everyone always remembers the Batman joke interrogation scene, but this great sort of yeah. it's not interrogation as such. It's more of like just an interview, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, between Gordon and the Joker. And you've got the Joker sort of like sat in the darkness, but obviously got a light lighted up the face. It just looks amazing. Yeah. And again, you say, you know, Gordon's confident. He feels he's the oh, one he's in charge. He's going to take the cuffs off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, they just want to find out where uh, Dent and Rachel are. Yeah. And now we get why he feels so confident. Yeah. Kind of lights come on. He's behind him. Yeah. So, you know, again, the Joker has got interrogation. Well, you, you know, yeah. it could have been something he read in a it's, book. But it's, it's kind of like something you expect, like a CIA, yeah, ex-CIA no. guy to say yeah. in there. That's the great thing. Because they don't give you the Joker's backstory, you could just make your own one up, which, you know, See, I, I, I like to think he's someone with a background in either the armed forces, the police, the secret service, anything like that, that for whatever reason, just either he had PTSD or something happened and made him just question his reality and think and, and just see things differently and end up wanting to well, the, the become... Well, po- the popular sort of choices is an Iraq war veteran, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Afghanistan yeah, war yeah. veteran. That, you know, that would work. And again, you think of the torture techniques that they would have used over their war at the board in and yeah. stuff, you know. He's, I think he's definitely someone that's seen, um, you know, a, a darker side of, of, the, of the world, which, you know, well, the majority again, of people don't see. And I think it's turned him into... Well, he makes reference, doesn't he? You know, sort of, you know, a lorry full of soldiers get blown up and nobody gets yeah, it. God, you know, I've never picked up yeah. on that. So, yeah, he does. But the beauty is you can just make again, your own version of it. Now, you see their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. When he's saying, you know, you and I, we're not like them. That's it's right. Authority, yeah. You know, yeah. It's almost it, like we're soldiers. That's right. It's like authority and control that he's 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 railing against. Like I it's, it's it's a popular sort of internet theory, but you know, it's not what I'm going to try and claim for myself. But it's one that I can instantly agree with with a lot of factors. I like I like I like that theory, but. I like better the fact that we're not told, so you can just. Well, I say that's the great thing about this character is you never get to find out. And you never want to know, which is why I think when on occasions like in the Killing Joke, they try and, you know, a failed comedian really, a failed comedian is then going to turn into like a super sociopath. Most failed, you know, most failed comedians just go on and do podcasts, don't they? See now he's got his little ace at the cat. But look at the way the makeup has gone from being as it was to now just you know the sweat and the the being hit around is just. Now rumor is that he told Bailey to hit him. For yeah, real, yeah, yeah. Now this film, being as nasty as it is, it's uh, it's a PG thirteen that pushes the boundaries. We see a guy with half his face burnt off. We see all sorts of messed up stuff. What I would have liked is a personal thing, a little bit of blood. You, you you're smashing a guy's head into a just into a, a mirror. Just a, little, just a little bit of blood, just, just a, a tasteful blood. amount just of blood. Just a bloody nose would have been yeah. enough, wouldn't it? And he goes to that thing of like like with Dunkirk, like Nolan made a completely bloodless war film. Why? Surely he could have pushed things without pushing into R-rated territory. Just give us a little bit more, just so it you know gives a sense of realism. Well, he could have done it really cool if he'd smeared the blood across his face and it had made it look like the Joker's makeup. Exactly, it? yeah. So obviously Batman's obviously going to go for Rachel. Yeah, but he's switched them. He's given them the wrong address because he's just a twisted son of a bitch. Well, I think he knows how much he values Rachel because he just watched him jump out of a window after her. Yeah, and in his grand scheme moving forward, Rachel doesn't play a part. No. Whereas Harvey Dent does. Yeah. 
I think it's more, part of it. Now, a lot of people think with this, these worked out the Rachel and Batman are, you know, secret lovers. I think it's more he just wants to kill Rachel to set Dent against Batman. Yeah, or he's trying to corrupt Batman and make Batman go against his non-killing policy. But yeah, I think also like he is trying to corrupt Harvey Dent yeah. or again, set the two against each other. And again, if Batman fails to save Rachel, it instantly sets the two apart, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. can't understand why they needed a cop inside the room to guard him behind a lock, in front of a locked door. Exactly, they didn't. And again, you know, it's just one of those little plot conveniences that, you know, it, I'm sure they could have come up with in five minutes an easy work run, but, you know. Maybe, that. maybe the cop's done it by choice because he wants to have a bit of a beatdown on him. I never realised, is this guy the guy who's got... Is he the guy from Gotham? I've only seen Gotham a few times. I have not seen Gotham. Anyway, the guy with the phone inside him. Yeah. It's not the guy from Gotham, he just looks like him. Yeah. I love the fact that when the bomb goes off and kills Rachel, she's mid-sentence. Yeah. I love it. It's... Well, that it, bit I'm going to give Goya. Yeah, as a, as a writer, that is like, it's incredibly brave to do, but it's very dramatic and very impactful. And it works because you yeah. don't you. It's the convenience of a film when someone gets uh, fatally wounded, they'll always live long enough Just to, to have that little bit of a last, yeah. you know, avenge me, you know, type nonsense. But in this, no, it. She was clearly going to say something very um, profound to him, but never got the chance. And mid sentence, boom. They don't even give a clue as to what she was going to say. Oh, I love this. Why he uses a knife? Save her all a little. Oh, it's just... Emotions. It's not just the performance; it's the it's the dialogue as well. It's the you know, granted, it's the delivery of it. There's, there's but, but sitting here now and not just listening to everything he says is just so difficult. Yeah, it is. Like I say, it, we'll talk all the way through it, and every time he starts monologuing, that's you, where I'm finding the most difficult. You just difficult. want to listen to it. Yeah. I love the fact as well if you watch now like this guy's quite a well built guy and he's a 20 year man you know, yeah, 20 yeah. year cop street cop he obviously knows how to handle himself and then you've just seen what Batman's just under the yeah. Joker and you just like straight away look he's just wiped him out now that look on his face there that is a look of just he you know the, the more I think about it the more I'm convinced that he is a veteran of sorts whether it's um, yeah and again, the forces he's used to, if you know, or the, the police it's the broken glass from the mirror yeah He's yeah. using everything available to him as a, as a weapon. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the veteran thing. I am. Uh, yeah, I go with the veteran because you know one of the things like a, you it's know, like a green beret or a seal. A, or a green beret would be 
taught to make best use of everything in their environment at their disposal. Well, again, you can see, it could be a could be a company man, it could be a CIA man as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you know a lot of that sort of. You know, and someone clearly was able to completely erase all identity of himself. He hasn't got a you know, yeah. social security number, nothing. All he's got is knives and pocket lint. You know, that's all he had on him. You know, they can't identify him. Clearly, you'd have to be someone with abilities to sort of. You know, hacking and yeah, just a mainframe. Yeah, erase his identity or create a new identity for himself yeah. or a lack of identity. Just in case, I want to tell you something, Harvey. Yeah. So she builds up to something big, but we don't even get a clue as to what she's going to say, apart from the fact that she would have chosen him. gut punch and like the fact now that Rachel realises that yeah, she she's, done. she's done she's done ah it's brutal but she starts to sort of pacify him doesn't she yeah are we being harsh does Maggie Jill and all do a better job than we've given the credit for you I, I'm back and forth on it all the time I, in this scene yes but overall I, as much as I can't believe I'm saying it I prefer Kate Jones yeah yeah And of course, we've got the stuff on Dead's face says so it's enough to burn off half his face. And it does look gruesome. You know, yeah. And oh, yeah. And the Joker's now got Mr. Lau. If only the Joker were in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I resisted ah, not doing yeah. it then. Just, oh god <laughs> uh, my favourite shot in the entire film Joker no, I've heard in, people say before he's driving how was he driving no he's, he's not clearly he's in the back, the back of the car someone else is driving one of the Joker's yeah. goons my favourite shot in the whole film followed by one of my favourite shots in the whole film Batman in the wreckage of the blown up building which I think you'll find is actually the clever photo that you put onto the film facts I did I did yeah. that was yeah. this, this, this one here I did Oh, little shot there reminiscent of Robocop where they pick his body up and put it on the crash yeah. table. I think I'm going to mention a Robocop in. You're Sorry. going to mention Tom Cruise and Night Talks and... Hollyoaks. Uh, Hollyoaks, yeah. You're always yeah. on about Hollyoaks. Again, you know, that no. one of the sides of the two-headed kind of burnt is, you know, it, it's perfect. Again, like even that with the gauze on his face is CGI because of the fact that there's yeah. no depth behind it because most of his flesh has been burnt off. Incredible. What was our reaction the first time we saw that? Do you know, after you know the only sort of film version of Two Face you ever saw was Tommy Lee Jones. Which, We're not going to give him. Not even give no, him but it looks, it looks like something made sort of Dick Tracy type prosthetic, yeah. doesn't it? It was, it was bad. But this is just like it's gruesome. Yeah, it's which is you know it's one of the reasons why I'm not going to be letting my my eldest son, who loves comic book films, he's not going to be able to watch these films yet because you know the overall tone of the films is just nothing that um, I think he's he's ready for just yet. He's seven years old and he's too young at seven. Yeah, I think yeah. he's too young. He, I've no doubt he'd love it, but I, you know, I I will be completely straight. My boy saw it uh, about two years ago, so we were a bit about ten. 10? Yeah, and uh, ten ten's fine. No, he said he said that, you know in fairness he said that looks really scary. 
Yeah, God, yeah. And he, you know, he's, he's gonna he's seen Predator. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think with this as well, the more sort of impactive thing for children as well watching this. It's a Batman film, isn't it's it? It's a Batman film. Plus yeah. you've seen Harvey Dent looking normal That's all the right. way through it. And you're also thinking, how the hell is he not in excruciating pain? Yeah. Which, you know, he probably is. I love the fact and that Alfred. he just discreetly, you know, he, he throws that, he can wait. Yeah, and then doesn't he, he reads the letter out in the third film, doesn't he? He tells, doesn't he tell him in the third film? I yeah, I think he does, yeah. We burnt the forest down. Ah. Oh. Again, it's coming down when he looks yeah. and he can see the can see on one side. I love again, no music, silence. Yeah. And I think when he screams now, isn't it? There's no there's no sound. Yeah. Yeah. It I think at that point he's actually pulled the goals off, hasn't he? I think so, yeah. yeah. It looks it looked like he did. Yeah. And uh, Reese is going to reveal who Batman is. Yeah. Number five. <sighs> and again, it's the setup. It's the fact that Jim Gordon has obviously acknowledged the fact that his nickname was Two Face. And, you know, as much as there's a lot of little um, plot points in here which are unnecessary, and I, I do think the film is too long. I think if you if you take out some of the li- you know you could I think you could trim about certainly in the script stage about a couple of pages maybe five or ten minutes of this film just to get a little bit leaner. Yeah, I, did, I think yeah. it does go on a little bit longer than it should. But again, you know, I that's that's just looking I think at a version of this film that you know we're never going to have, and I'm grateful for but the one we've got. I will be honest. The first time you and I sat there in the cinema watching this, we weren't seeing this film. No, not at all. That's and the second. Movie. The second time I saw it I, in the cinema, I think I enjoyed it even more. Yeah. And as I said uh, on the last episode with Hayden, having recently rewatched the trilogy, that uh, you know a, a few weeks back, it's the most I've enjoyed uh, this trilogy since you know I first saw it. I love this as well because you, you don't quite get the reveal of his face yet, do you? No. But it's like there's several. At the scenes, editing, yeah. they, they cut, they they literally leave well, it to the last frame before they cut away. It's easy. You think you're gonna see it, and yeah. you don't. There. Look, you yeah, know, you oh, see it, yeah, you can, no, yeah. Oh, oh look at that! And it's it's like the it's the it's eye without um, any eyelids, the teeth, the teeth, that the portion of his. You even see a bit of his chin, his jaw, you know, his that jawbone exposed. Yeah, it's almost like it reminds me of that American Werewolf in London. Yeah, you know, the, when the hole in the yeah. throat, and you can see the toast going through as he was eating it. Yeah, Maroney's here. Look, he's. Uh, Going to a highly secure hospital ward. Well, he's he's going to have his plaster cast changed on his broken yeah. ankles. So, knowing that you know a million dollars in cash doesn't look like much. No. How much money would you say is there? Billions. One billion dollars. <laughs> Sixty-seven uh. billion. Yeah. And that looked like quite a Heath Ledger's bum when he slid down it as well. Yeah, it did. He looked like he would have hurt. <laughs> Dynamite. 
and gunpowder and gasoline. Burns the money. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to buy anything because he takes everything he needs. Yeah. Well, he doesn't need money, does he? He's no, he doesn't need money, no. And basically, by getting rid of this, he gets rid of any sort of threat for the That's right, he causes a massive imbalance. He's yeah. basically crippling the criminal underworld, putting them back to zero. Now, obviously, I had the big issue with the bullet one. Yeah. And I'm going to put every other little minor nitpick I might have are just literally personal you know, minor nitpicks. I'm going to put those with nitpicks. The, the other one I'm going to address is going to be coming up shortly, and it's the one where Bruce Wayne... I, l- I love the fact that it's Bruce Wayne driving around Gotham, trying to work out yeah. um, what's going on, as opposed to Batman, because daytime, it shouldn't be Batman. It should always be Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But I have got a big issue with this magical computer system in Gotham, which, say for example now, you're, say you've got a nephew who's a police officer. Yeah. You're not feeling particularly well. You go and get admitted into hospital. Yeah. In that hospital, when you know someone behind the counter is booking you in, Mister Gaskin, have you got any um, relatives in um, Gotham PD? See where yes, I'm coming yes, from, yes, yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I, can you just tell me the details so I can log them on this magical computer system? So later on, Bruce Wayne and Alfred can work out which of the Gotham PD have got relatives in a, a nearby hospital. It's not something that you go off and do, is it? Not at all. It's, to be honest with you, it's absurd. And it's another one of those moments where I th- wish they just pulled Goya and, and Nolan aside and said, that, that is just absurd. Can you just, you know, you know, a, a simple writing work around there would have um, would have yeah. solved that. But then we got Reese on the TV station here now and the Joker phone in and say he's going to blow up hospitals, isn't he? For that very yeah, yeah, reason. Yeah, 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 for that very, very reason. reason yeah. But there's no way that you can work out who has got relatives in the hospital. How the hell are you going to do that? No. I You're not going to do it. I think, you know, well, again, if you wanted to solve that quickly, they, it, they, that, that would have been when Gordon was in the truck, someone else would have said, hey, Ramirez, you know, you do know that Ramirez's his mother's in hospital. That's right. Or yeah. Like that. Just to set up the fact that one or two cops did have someone in hospital, no, so if, then you could question that's it. That's what I was going to say, because you've you ever worked in a work situation where perhaps, I was going to say, Bruce Wayne driving here, the Lamborghini that I can't pronounce. Uh, is it the Mercilago? The Mercilago. Mercilago, which is Italian for? Spanish for. Spanish? Spanish. Spanish for? Bat. Bat. Yeah. yeah. And if you notice as well, it's got the green, black and yellow on it yeah. as well. Because the, the brake pad's the yellow one. Yeah. It's a really cool addition. It's fantastic. What a car. Amazing. Yeah, it could have been much, like you say. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing of, of Alfred being able to check that is just fucking ridiculous. I'm yeah, sorry. It would have been much. It would have been much better if someone had just mentioned it to Gordon or yeah, something. Yeah, it's a piss poor plot point, and and you know, it's one of those things that once I'd sort of worked out, or maybe I'd have pointed out to me. I, you know, every time the scene crops up, I'm like, oh, really? Come on. But this is the thing. Like I say, I, I think with. It's, think, it's lazy writing. Yeah, I was going to say Martin. I, I can't remember his Martin. See, I see O'Brien and Richards now. Right. Bearing in mind, Gotham's a big, massive metropolitan city. How the hell has Bruce Wayne memorised who all these cops are? Yeah, okay. You know? That car does look fucking cool. Though. It is an amazing <laughs> car. Amazing. And I love the fact that we're seeing Bruce Wayne, you know, as, as opposed to Batman. Just to mix things up a bit and to give him a bit more to do. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. They could have actually... This sort of second act, especially, they could have used Bruce Wayne oh, predominantly instead look of at, look at the Look at the IMAX photography there. Look at it. 
Nothing on them. Well, what, what, would they, what would they be? Would they be? A, yeah. Oh, yeah. His, his mother-in-law's in hospital. She, she's having her, uh, her her calluses on her feet shaved. And you know? bunions. The bunions. Then you know, it's it's ridiculous. Nineteen. Uh, That's a really old school. Very old, that is a nineties phone. phone. Yeah. The Gordon's using. But it's probably early two thousands. It's just we've we've had. Technology moves on so quickly that... Ah, oh, and here we go. The Joker in another one of his disguises. The nurse. Something I think about virtually every Halloween. Yeah. Never do <laughs> it. I haven't got the legs. No. <laughs> no. Not with my veins. No, no, no. Not with those legs, no. Uh, yeah, Commissioner, I'm just hoping that you don't check on that... Uh, Cops with relatives in hospital computer system you've had installed <laughs> recently, you know? Perhaps that was like the first ever app. Yeah, <laughs> could have been, yeah. Oh my wow. god, it just looks Easy. so yeah. fucking serious. It's, it look looks, how, look how wet yeah. Harvey's, you know, faceless side of his face looks. It's just icky and oof. If you notice on the pillow as well, there's little bits, little of, bits of blood where he's been yeah. lying on the other side. It, oh, the detail is just is incredible. Yes, you do, actually. You look very much like a guy with a plan because everything you're doing is meticulously planned out. But again, again but that's a, I'm not saying that to the film's detriment. I think it's great because... But I think he's a contradiction, isn't he? When he's trying to reinforce you, I like, just do things and I haven't got a clue and I'm like a cop ch- uh, dog chasing after the car yeah. and stuff like that. I think he knows that if he presents himself in that way, he, he becomes even scarier That's right. than a man yeah, who sits because there and he's says, unpredictable. I, I know everything, I, you know, I've got everything planned out. You know? Absolutely, yeah. And again, I, it's another thing I'm not, I'm pointing it out to applaud it, not to criticise it. Yeah, I think it's it, great. Let's, let's, as much as we have little foibles with the script let's just say that this character here is superbly written the Joker is superbly written incredible I mean say the performance adds you know yeah more depth than t- probably ten times the effect to it but the actual lines the, the dialogue itself yeah, yeah it's incredible fantastic. it's incredible if you were if you were a cop and your wife was in hospital, wouldn't you maybe ask for a couple of days off? I'd have had some sick leave at the very least. Compassionate, yeah. Not sick leave, compassionate leave, personal days. Yeah, I, I would have. Oh, look at the Mitchell what a car. Yeah. It's quite sort of like how quick the, the people of Gotham have sort of adapted to the Joker being this criminal mastermind you know what, what do you mean like as in like, well he hasn't actually done a lot at the moment has he, he he's, he's shot well he's been on TV uh, he's torturing he's killed a few yeah, people you know, he's, but he's not blown anywhere up yet so no but I think they think if he's capable of doing yeah, that okay. then he's gonna you know they don't want him to do that do they but again that could act to the character that we were saying the sort of smoke and mirrors that straight away he, he presents that he's capable of doing it doesn't he straight yeah. away and then, as we see pretty soon, he does. I, I, I don't know so if... We just, we've skipped over the bit now what he says about soldiers getting blown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, but obviously, yeah, you know, we, yeah. We've, we've mentioned already. I don't think, right, it's going to ever get to the point where the effects there on Harvey Dent ever age. 
No. Much like Jurassic Park, you know, 25 years later, the it's effects just still enough, are outstanding. It's just enough. Yeah. They don't... I think the fact that you've got a lot of it looks like, you know, it's got like burned flesh, like action. Yeah. Not ash, you know, sorry, just charred flesh. I think that helps sell it as well. Now, this is the first time you see Two-Face actually be in Two-Face now. Yeah. Because he's presenting him with a 50-50 chance with a bit no scar coin, isn't he? He is, that's right, because now he's made the full turn into someone who now does leave things to chance because, as he says, life isn't fair. The only fair thing is chance. Yeah. Because he's lost someone he loved. I love this bit. He just puts the Lamborghini in between the police cop yeah. and the escort there. And you said it was a very brave thing you did, Miss Wayne. What, you jump in that red light? <laughs> yeah. Ah, you know, just writes himself he, off. Even, he, he, you know, he, he keeps up with a Bruce Wayne persona all, you know, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just looking like a, you know, a clueless rich dickhead who's driving around town oblivious to Reece, what's going Reece on. Reese knows. Reese knows that, yeah. Reese knows, he looks at him there. Yeah. He knows that he's just been saved by Batman. Yeah. <laughs> now, the scene with Heath Ledger walking out of the hospital here and all the, all the rigged explosions going off was done as is, one take. Yeah. But there was the little pause here where... It was all set to continue, and for whatever reason, there was um, a little bit of an unexpected delay, at which point he stops and just completely ad-libs the bit he does next, which is, he looks back, now we could have turned to Nolan and said, hey, what yeah. the hell's going on, but he stays in character, plays with... I love he gives a little tap as well, though. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Now... I mean, look, even that whole thing is rigged to fall over in one take there. It was a, a multi-story, it was a, yeah, multi-story car, park, car yeah. park, yeah. And, it, you know, it does look like a multi-story car park. But then, again, right, there was a bit which was deleted where, as the building is exploding, there was a shot inside the school bus with the Joker, and as the, the hospital is exploding, he's not even looking back. He's not even looking... He's, he's, he's just, like, not even that interested in seeing the work that he's just done. No, and I, I was in, I loved it. It was incredible. Yeah. As much as if they cut it, I would have, you know, they would have had to have cut round it, maybe done a double take, you know, of showing the, you know, the explosion again. Yeah. But it was an, you know, just an so amazing little shot. Look at it. He, but he didn't because he's just like, no, I've I've done that now, and I'm thinking about the next thing, yeah. or just yeah, I, that, you know, that's nothing to me. Now, this is the second of the videos which Heath Ledger was uh, allowed to film himself. Hanging him upside down <laughs> like a bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. A lot of old school TVs in this. There is, there is. So he's telling everyone now that if they try and get out of Gotham, over the bridges or through the tunnels, that there's a chance that it's going to explode. It's a plot device that Christopher Nolan and David Goyer would never use again. Until they will the never use that plot device. Until the third film. Yeah. Until they will never use no, that again. that's right. Yeah, a bit of a recycling of the plot there. Um, Do 
you know what? Whenever I see like a, a helicopter flying through a cityscape, I instantly go back to Dyad. Yeah, it's Johnson. And that, Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which has just celebrated his thirtieth anniversary. I know. We need to do that. We will. We will. <laughs> I know. Just kidding. Die Hard. I believe is our fifth most requested audio commentary. I know. I'm just getting it on record now. Oh yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we will be, and we'll be bringing in a very special guest to do it. But it won't be. It'll be this year, but it won't be just yet. Die Hard is, after all, the ultimate Christmas movie. Ooh, you don't say. <laughs> I love uh, the, the, it. It comes out of his yeah, comes out of his chin. I think this is a bit where you see most of like the inner workings of his face, and this it, it is just. It's the type of thing that if you saw it now, like you say, it's completely ages. If it was in a film, a brand new film now, let's say a DC film, not a Marvel film, let's yeah. say it, you would give it credit now. You would think, yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. but it, you know, it's ten years, ten years old. The effects haven't aged at all, because you know, in the, fact, the, let's be honest, the effects on that are much better than modern day DC films. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. because I think, as we've said before, um, you know, as I said on. Um, some wrong real episodes have been on about special effects when they they've been you know they they come up in conversation. The best special effects are a combination of practical CG, model work, and makeup. You've just got to get it, the balance right, haven't you? Yeah, like you say, and it's, it's 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 using CG when you need to. <coughs> you go not... too far the one way, you're just gonna it becomes noticeable, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I quite like this. Lucius Fox got a bit of a conscience, but I do think at this stage you would think. I, yeah, you'd be thinking like the the greater good. You need to. They're gonna blow up. They're gonna blow up the whole town. So, or the whole city. Yeah. Do, do what you need to do. Yeah. Do what you need to do. Who gives a shit about He's people's worried. privacy when they're all trying to, you yeah. know, get out of the city to save themselves? I'd be like, well, my middle name is is Edward. Did you put that in as the code? Again, like, name, how much of that there with all the you know the people trying to get out of Gotham is, is CG it, you, you can't even tell it's flawless isn't it it is because I can't imagine they would have got all those cars and extras and whatever or maybe they did because maybe it, was, it worked out cheaper than doing it uh, with CG So their plan is obviously to evacuate the city, but yeah, gone quiet again, haven't we? We have, I know, because it, it's it's, <laughs> it's so hard difficult. Not to, it's so difficult to this film. Yeah, yeah, Marco Macaroni days. <laughs> Marconi, incredible, some incredible limp acting, and he he lifts a cane up as well just to show the yeah, yeah. I'm still walking with a cane. Right, just going back to the bit where Maroney walks around to the car. Yeah. If you look left of frame, yeah. you see very briefly one of the goons who was going to get into the other side gets pulled back. Oh, right. They actually left a little bit of it in frame, showing the fact that Harvey Dent had pulled him aside, knocked ah, him out probably, nice. and got into the car. And it's only, I think, the last but one time I saw it that I noticed that. Takes a bit of a chance here, you know, because he causes the car to crash, and um, you know he, he could have easily died himself, seatbelt or not. 
I love that. It can't hurt your chances. Yeah. Ah. Because he already knows he's screwed anyway. Yeah. It's not going to hurt your chances because I've already decided you're going to die. But the driver... Again, we've gone quiet, but yeah, now this is my one big bugbear about this film. Go on, the prisoners, the ship full of prisoners. Now, we've discussed this years ago. Yeah, now I, I, I've, I apologize, but I've forgotten exactly what your bugbear is. Now, you remember, I had, I had yeah. one, and mine was I actually wanted the civilians to be the weaker ones and to blow the convicts up just to show. That the people of Gotham, yeah. um, when they put back into a corner, will do whatever they can, and you know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna expand on that. Now, I, I will. I, I want. The, I want the civilians to press the button to blow up the prisoners. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. In fact, blow themselves up. Yes, you did. So That's right. Looks, therefore, it looks, looks like, like the prisoners, prisoners have, have done it. it. Yeah. Now, I've gone back on it now, and I am, I, I'm happy with the choice that Nolan made. Yeah. Because it's the one time that the Joker's plan is foiled. Because if the film had finished with him being successful and then captured, it would have it would have been too much of a thing that needed to be progressed in the third film, but couldn't, obviously, because Heath yeah. Ledger died. Yeah. I like the fact that he was proven wrong, so I am now satisfied with it, but that would have been a hell of a yeah. way to go the way you've yeah. just described it. That would have been... Oh, you know. Like I say, it would have been great. You'd have had like a ship full of men who were completely innocent yeah. of the one crime they didn't commit. Looking for all intents and purposes, the most guilty people in the world. Yeah, well, I love the fact that the guy that ultimately makes the decision on the on the, the prisoner's ship to to save the civilians is Tiny Zeus Lister Junior. Oh, he's so cool. Isn't he? Or or uh, Debo from uh, Friday. He's also the uh, the president of the world in the in Fifth the Fifth Element. He is, yeah. <laughs> If you notice in the future, you've got that and you've got uh, Idiocracy as well, which is Terry Crews. I think it's just presumed that in the future... The president is going to be... Huge, buff, black, black bald guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well-built men are going to be in um, positions of prominence. Yeah. I would accept Terry Crews as the uh, leader of um, a future civilization. He couldn't do any worse than what they've got at the moment, could he? Oh, no. God, no. (laughs) He's, you know... In fact, if you gave me Donald Trump or Terry Crews, I'd oh, any day of the week. Cruise, any day of the week. Oh my words! Yeah, not to get too political though. No. We just we just love Terry Crews. You know, thinking of why this film is rated number four on the IMDb top two fifty. I think a big part of it is the fact that people went in expecting the comic book film, and what was what they were presented with, it just. As, as much as, and I, I'm not going to say those three letters that we've tried not to say too much on this, but we have obviously been quite clear in the fact that we're big fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And as much as something like Infinity War was just, you know, it, it was like the pinnacle of, of what they've done over the last 10 years, I don't think any of their films have been as smack you in the face sort of like, wake up and see how comic book films can be as this is. I think yeah, it's it's too different. It's you know it's chalk and cheese really. If you look at um, the MCU, 
they are doing the virtual, virtually the impossible. They're giving you a comic book movie that's a comic book, and somehow you know presented in an entertaining fashion that's not cheap and tacky. Absolutely, yeah. Now this goes yeah. the other way, and I think this is the difference with this film. Batman Begins is a very stripped back film. It's an origin story. It is, yeah, and it features pretty much. Not unknown, but not popular villains. That's right, yeah. And I think when people credit, heard yeah. this film was going to have A, the Joker, and B, Two-Face in it, you instantly went, this is going to go back to... Oh, the first one was quite yeah. gritty, but obviously they're going to do the comic book film now. And you didn't realise they were going to yeah. go the other way and ramp it up even more. And if you look back where we were in 2008, the year before in 2007, you'd had pretty much a bit of a franchise killer in Spider-Man 3, which overdid the amount of bad guys you had. Um you had what's his name uh, Hobgoblin you had you know um, oh, uh, Sandman yeah you had and Sandman Venom. and Venom you yeah. had a film that was overstuffed with too many bad guys and this from the point of when it was announced who was going to be in it could have easily gone that way oh yeah definitely like I said that was the, I think that was the temptation there was you were thinking with Batman Begins and it was stripped back and sort of gritty because it was building towards being a comic book film in the yeah. sequel and it, obviously you say it doesn't work out that way and it's much to its credit oh yeah absolutely So we've got the Joker's men now in uh, the building there holding some uh, people hostage. Yeah. And we're cutting back again to the uh, the prison ship. I love this this dude this dude on he's just so slimy. So obviously we're gonna do the uh, the vote now between the prisoners. Now Gordon's got against Batman. He is, and I, 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 I don't again, understand I, the logic. No, yet. I know. I think it's because he, he says at that point there he's overwhelmed with the fact he's got to save Dent because he, he couldn't save Rachel. Yeah. And it's also the guilt of the fact that you know Dent ended up in that predicament because he failed him. Yeah. bit harsh you're giving him two minutes isn't it you've got two minutes you know okay I'm, 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 I'm pretty skilled but I'm not going to be able to take out two floors of bad guys in two minutes uh, Gordon and I will again I will mention future iterations of Batman as cool as this is it doesn't measure up to Batman v Superman so the, the warehouse scene warehouse scene which is the, the, you know that, yeah I know uh, but then that's a different Batman that's a Batman who is literally in a warehouse full of guys who he has got justification to seriously I'm maim I'm just trying to be nice to DC films tonight hey, that's I, all. I, 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 I love that two, scene I've mentioned I, the two parts I like about that film though that's what I'm not going to mention anymore yeah I, I love the, the warehouse scene in Batman vs Superman is, is amazing It's quite scary, isn't it? Like you say, yeah. you've got, you know, bound and gagged and they've got guns strapped to their hands. Yeah. Now, if you have a look here, as the guys are repelling down the building. Um, right. Where is it now? Well, actually, no. It's, it's not in the repelling, but it's where he um, where he chucks the SWAT guys out of the window, and they hit against the side of the building. You will see one of them actually hits a building. There was a 
a, basically a mattress from a bed strapped to the side of the concrete, which they actually removed with CG. Oh, wow. Just completely seamless. You can't tell at all. So there's a lot of CG in the film, but unless you like look at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, which shows you where it was used, you just you will not I be able to tell. I was going to say, but a lot of CG has been used in it. It's, it's like you say, it's background effect rather than... That's right. We're, we're needed. In yeah. your face, sort of like... A lot of time with CG, it can fall into the trap of almost being too show-offish. Yeah, that's right. Where they do, they use do CG stuff. to do something that could be done practically. Yeah, yeah. And again, like you say, the practical effects of CG are doing things like that, like making that wall look like a wall again, yeah, rather that's right. than making it look like a wall of flames. Just enhancing yeah. things where the you know the practical effects have not been able to sort of hold up, or you've had to remove something like a yeah. you know a mattress to protect a stuntman. What would you do in that position? Throw it out the window. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but prisoners. I wouldn't be. Again, I you know, I don't know if, no, it's, if it's you sat there thinking I'm never going to see my children again, you know, what would you? No, I wouldn't. You don't know. Just say you don't know until you're in a predicament like that where the reality of the fact is that I could die if I don't make the right decision here. I might just jump off the boat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, guys, you sort yourselves out. I'm just going to go up to the deck and, uh, yeah. you know. There's no explanation why no, no one tries to get off the boat. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Didn't he say if anyone jumps off the boat, I'll, uh, I'll blow it? Maybe. I'd take my chances. I'd take my chances. <laughs> I'd, I'd sort of like lower myself in and bye. There's got to be at least one life jacket on there, haven't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd, 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 I'd be swimming, don't worry. Yeah. I'd uh, strip off to my bundies and swim home. <laughs> right. Now, this is the bit where obviously he's um, right. The bit where he hits the building, right. The guy there, right? It was actually he actually hit nothing. Did you see it? Yeah. It was actually because it was a mattress here which he removed in post. Didn't in no, didn't Jack like, Nicholson have dogs at the end of? Um, no, well, the, the 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 Russian gangster is is his dogs. When he brings yes, the money, the, dogs, the guy with yes. the dogs there, so he's taking the dogs with him. Of course, it is. Something I'd never noticed. Again, it's like that's the beauty of this film. You can just go back, and you know, and if you look, pick out the difference things. in the Joker. Now he he goes in with that sort of like scaffold shoe, but he yeah, he's completely different to the sort of almost. N- passive sort of figure he was before he was letting Batman do it to him yeah I mean he really beats the shit out of him here doesn't he yeah Tiny Zeus Lister Jr give me that and I do what you should have done 10 minutes ago he's just incredible Amazing. And again, we've gone quiet again, but it's just like you had to with that. A little bit of Green Marlin influence there as well. Um, Michael, uh, Michael Clark, Clark yeah. Duncan. Yeah. yeah. God rest his soul. No longer with us. Do you know what? I always get him in Ving Rings mixed up. And when I was watching MI6 the other day, I was like, "How is he in it?" Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Sad. If there was ever anyone should have played B.A. Baracus in the 18th Oh, movie. yeah, yeah. Nothing against Quentin Rampage Jackson. Hmm, yeah. But yeah, I'd like to have seen Clark and Avril. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just take the cowl off at this point. But then he can't, he can't, can he? Can never, can never reveal his identity. Don't want to let him win, does he? No. Give it to me. Wow. Back to when you should have did. Ten minutes ago. Great. But it is that sort of weakness. And you think, you know, at that point, you're thinking. It takes a good man to do good deeds and it takes a bad man to do bad deeds, you know? And he's yeah. sort of like... I mean, obviously, he doesn't know he's going to throw out the window, but... No, that's right. And they're all thinking... And it's that point there. But I love the fact that even though he's effectively he's killed the whole sort of prison ship, nobody's still fucking with him. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. He's clearly the top dog in the prison there. Here we go. go. No, we don't. And that's the thing, like we were. Just I love the fact that the detonator, the trigger, and it is just a locker key. Yeah. You know. Everything he's got is practical. It's you know. There's nothing overly like. Look at that that detonator there. The, the you know the production department could have rigged something to look like you know it was made oh, yeah. by NASA. It looks as if he put it together. Yeah. In the back of you know in the back. Yeah, of the using shed like somewhere. elastic bands yeah. and you know pipe cleaners, but and, and that's the beauty of it. Everything has got like a practical feel Simple to but it. Effective. Yeah. It? And like his look of, he's hiding the look of complete disappointment. Yeah. But he's like, mm, okay, you know, I've got another plan. Uh, you know, Harvey Dent. Even then, when he's foiled, he's still got oh, the thing of corrupting got, Harvey Dent. He, yeah, it's, it's always a backup plan. Yeah. And it's always a contingency, and it's always part of a sort of a series of events as well, if you know what it's Yeah. Supposed. He wanted one ship to blow up there, but he was still going to go after Dent anyway. Yeah. It's not a backup, it's like just I, one stage of the plan didn't work. That's it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And you could argue that even though he doesn't corrupt or turn Batman... But again, look, the lack of blood there, like... Yeah, and even when he's hanging upside down, you can't yeah. even see much in the way of cuts on his face, which it should have been. And they could have got away with it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the MPA wouldn't have said, I tell you what, we don't like the fact that there's got those little blade cuts on there. Well, on if his you look face. at like, so like, like Fallen Kingdom... There is something like on the left yeah, side of his cheek, just, but it's, it's nothing. It literally yeah. could just be a bit of makeup sweet. Yeah. Like, like I say, if you look at sort of Fallen Jurassic Park... Fallen Kingdom, oh. or Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. You know, arms being bitten off and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, was, was, you know. Yeah. So it can be done. I think what it is with the MPA and with you know, certainly with the MPA, it's they look at the cumulative effect, and it's almost like a tick in a, a tally card. Yeah, we allowed okay. you to get away with a guy with his face burnt off, and that that sort you know, yeah. say that 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 used up sixty of your hundred points that we're going to allow and you. I suppose you know, if a dinosaur bites you. If that's what dinosaurs supposed to do, whereas Batman's not supposed to. Yeah, and another uh, thing they don't like is you know they don't like knives um, being yeah, used. The chances of you training a, a raptor. Yeah, yeah. Or go, I, or go into mummy. I've, I've tried. Or go into mummy and daddy's knife drawer, perhaps. Well, I've, I've tried with a pet raptor I once had, but yeah, they're, they're just too disobedient. Whereas, yeah, like you say, you know, being all being serious, getting a knife from a kitchen drawer and you know misusing it then. Yeah, you know, he fired blades at his face and it didn't do anything. And it's little yeah. things like that. Like it, 
Jeez. You know, would it have been cool if he just like opened that skirt up on his lip yeah, a little yeah. bit more or his yeah. cheek a little bit more? There is a little shaving cut there, but you know, I mean, it, it would be, they were they were obviously planning to use the Joker again, like they say it was going to be the trial yeah. of the Joker. But... Trial, no, the trial of yeah, the trial of the Joker. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I, I how far along the production did Nolan make the choice to you know kill off Harvey Dent? Well, he reckoned he was never going to use Dent, was he? He was going to use Dent in the third one, and then yeah. he sort of got bored of doing... And I think that's apparent when you watch the third film. Well, he, <laughs> saying that, he, you know, I think he got bored when he was edited, didn't he? Because it's yeah. three and, or two and three-quarter hours. But wouldn't it have been a cool addition if all the way through this, the Joker only had a scar on one side of his mouth? And, and then that, that blade caused yeah, the smile? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's messed up when he makes him choose between his oh. and he actually looks at his son and it's like as if his son is the favourite and I, that, that upsets me the fact that you just you've got more than one kid so I you know I don't know that to me, to me like I've only got this you know my one son so you know obviously I you know take a bullet for him without thinking about it yeah, yeah but I, to have to choose between your two no, sons it, God, it's, blimey. It's, it's messed up you, you, you well I mean, I quite often tell my son that I've got another son somewhere and he's far better than him and he has to... Just to keep him on his toes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to get him complacent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell him about his secret brother, Ramon. Yeah. The, he's really good with the nunchucks, yeah? Yeah, I tell him he comes to stay when you've done your mum's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He can do 30 push-ups, Zach. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> he always gets me a beer from the fridge when I ask him. Just throwing that out there, boy. <laughs> He's not averse to making... Just the person you love most. It's, it's messed up. It really is. He's got a wife, a daughter and a son and he's going to ask him to pick which... I mean, really speaking, if you're going to be logical, you save the wife, don't you? You can always make more kids. <laughs> no, it's, like I say, it's, no, it's, an it's, impo- not, it's, it's an impossible choice, choice, isn't it? It's an impossible choice. choice. You, don't, you, you can't make that choice. The only choice you've got in that thing there is to rush him, get a gun on it off him and just hope that... Uh, you know, do you buy the fact that Harvey Dent fell from grace as far as he did just because his girlfriend was killed? It does, and half it, his face was blown off. Well, I'm gonna take it off the face, bit. It does seem a bit of an over-the-top reaction. But again, and I like that. I I know a lot of people say that the two faces almost surface the requirements in this film. I like his character. I like this. But I just think, like you say, they just push it perhaps a little bit too quickly. I, I think it would have been better maybe if this had been like sort of um, it, it, if it, if they maybe introduced him in the first film and yeah. you know it it'd been a little bit more drawn out. But again, I, I'm not going to hold that against the film. It you know I, w- I will say that that is a bit of a nitpick and nothing more. I just it just seems like his motivations are all wrong to go for Gordon I mean Gordon's a, you know was trying to, to save Rachel you know and in effect was trying to save him yeah now the issue I have got with it is the fact that after Harvey Dent dies 
does Batman have to be the scapegoat? For you know, Surely he could have blamed the Joker. The Joker has been this prominent terrorist in Gotham. He's caused absolute chaos. He's blown up a hospital. He's killed countless people. Why does Batman have to be the scapegoat? No, exactly. It, 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 it plus, never made any sense to me. Plus, he was willing to take his mask off at various times during this film. If he just taken his mask off at this point and Two-Face had realised that he was Bruce Wayne, yeah. that would have stopped everything, really. Yeah, I've, I've got some issues with the ending, um, you know, which I... I Would he have shot himself, I wonder? I don't know. I think he might have. Now this bit, I think, is tremendous when he keeps... The way Gordon keeps trying to bargain with him. Yeah. And he's, punish me, shoot me, don't, you know, don't yeah. hurt the kid, like. Oh, tell your boy he's going to be alright. Lie. Lie, lie like, like, like I lied. The thing is, he never lied, though. It was Rachel that lied. Yeah. Because <laughs> he said, like, lie like I lied. He doesn't say anything. I just don't buy that he would have fallen that far that he would have killed an innocent yeah, child. Does, I just don't just don't buy it. And it. If he was going to kill Gordon then in front of his family, that would have made That would have made sense. sense, because Gordon's the one that you would yeah. argue was partly responsible for what happened to Rachel and, and Harvey. I just don't buy it that he would have killed a child. Now, Batman... Or, unless he felt that much... Batman can fall off a 40-storey building. It's not that high. Yeah. But he's just fallen about 25 foot there, and he's knocked out. Yeah. Well, the dent hit his head on a small rock. Yeah? Okay. They just couldn't show it, because they used up all their MPA points on there. Oh, right. Yeah? Yeah. No, no more gore. That's it now. You're oh, done. Sorry, sorry. That's why you couldn't show his uh, face being cut. Sorry, uh, Christopher Nolan. So, yeah, because it leads then into the third film where Batman's had to go into this sort of self-imposed exile. Yeah, he's... Well, the third film is definitely ten years after, isn't it? They say eight, eight years. Yeah. And, again, was that necessary? So, I say definitely ten, and it was eight. It was, it was eight, it was eight so it was years. it was definitely eight years. It's definitely eight years, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely almost ten years, wasn't it? Why, why would they... I just this is where again I think if, if you put it under a bit of close scrutiny it, it sort of the writing falls down a bit Batman didn't have to be the scapegoat yes Batman's always going to be the, the sort of dark vigilante type which you know people are unsure about but then he already is now he doesn't have to well, take the fall you, for you, Harvey Dent's death they you, could cover it up by saying if you had a politician who was saying it's because of people like him acting as a vigilante the bad guys have to ramp up their act there's, there's any how, num- that's yeah. how you make him a scapegoat any number of things you could have done you could have said he was hideously maimed beyond belief in an explosion and took his own life yeah yeah you didn't have to you know say well, that Batman killed him it, it makes no logical sense to me I just don't get why they they pinned his death on Batman yeah I don't know why he needed to uh... you know to what end what to have him be the ultimate martyr I don't get it yeah it doesn't seem I don't see why Gotham needs him to be the scapegoat either. Yeah. No, I think it would have been suitable for everything to happen like it did. Blame, you know, blame the Joker for what happened to Harvey, or just say that he took his own life, and have Batman ultimately save the day but take none of the credit for it. Yeah. 
Do you know, no? at the end of the day, Jim Gordon can fake his own death in front of like 3,000, 4,000 people. Surely, yeah. On the TV they could have, yeah. Something I'm pretty that... sure he can get rid of Harry Dent's body or, or in just an ab- in an abandoned warehouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, could literally transport him back to the hospital and put him in the blown up hospital. Yeah, in the well, he could, have, he could have just said he took his own life or something, you know, any other well, thing. Probably could have left him in the, in, the, in the blown up hospital. Him being burned would have made yeah, sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's, that's fair enough. There's Alfred, they just burned him. in the letter. Yeah. Oh, I hope he didn't include my middle name in the password, or otherwise. Do you think a lowy typed, a lowy typed Lucius Fox? He went, "I'm Morgan Freeman." <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Freeman's great in uh, all of these films. Do you sort of say when he's walking off there? I'll be around. <laughs> yeah, I'll be around. Yeah. Oh yeah, Morgan Freeman. Hmm. Let's hope those allegations are not true, shall we? Yeah, I don't think they were really that bad. We, well, I don't know. Let's. We, it wasn't Harvey. Weinstein oh god no, no. It was just, either way it's, he just um, likes telling people they got nice asses yeah he's, I think he's been a bit inappropriate doesn't yeah. he don't get me started on all that though no we're not gonna, we're not gonna get we're not gonna get political it's a bit too much now we've, we've mentioned we've mentioned Donald Trump no and we'll be mentioning James Gunn next week <laughs> we will be addressing the James Gunn controversy on a future episode <laughs> This bit is we'll cool. hunt him. We, we why see again. I, why will you need to hunt him? You, it's well, just, just. Why would you? Just let him get he's away. doing your job for crying out loud. Because he's not a hero. And as much as this all sounds poetic, as it's being spoken by Gary Oldman, when you actually pick it apart, none of this ending really yeah. makes that much sense. Yeah, However, what? it does do. This the, does look the it, shit. This and ending, it does, and it does do the coolest thing you could ever do in a film. Say the title of it. Yeah, as yeah, at the end. Yeah, a dark night. Yeah, pretty cool. Wouldn't, as, wouldn't work in every film. Not as cool as when it worked in Clear and Present Danger. Into Clear and Present Danger. Oh, <laughs> so that is it. The um, our celebration of ten years of the Dark Knight draws to a close with us babbling on for two and a half hours about the Dark Knight. And we've been. I've got to be honest, there's a lot of times we've been extremely negative and perhaps mocking, but I don't think at no, any no, stage no. No. we've ever actually thought this film is anything but awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a great film. It is a great film. Um, as I said on the last episode, I don't think it is worthy of its place as number four on the IMDb Top 250 because I could easily mention 20 or 30 better films just off the top of my head now. You know, and again, I'm not saying the IMDb Top 250 is the ultimate gauge of what a good film is, but it gives you a good idea as to what the public think. Um, do, you th- do you think it comes down to the fact that it's a big event movie, that it's a big sort of franchise-style movie, and it pushes the boundaries to such a degree? It's so different to anything else. Much as we could, and we have done in the past, and we'll do it again and again, the MCU, we could go on about how great that is. Like you say, this film is so different, and it's, it's within the same genre that... It's instantly the, you assume it's better than it is or perhaps it gets rated higher than it is because of that I mean I've rated it's one of my personal favourite films anyway yeah so. it's like I say I've any elements I've got with the plot I can I can put aside because like I say you can have a film which can score a 10 out of 10 that film doesn't have to be devoid of things which are you know you could it can have flaws but if it makes up for those flaws by having incredible peaks elsewhere, like this film does, how many classic scenes have we got in this film that we've just been either just if, gushing about or struck to silence about? If anything, it's only really the last sort of ten minutes that lets this film down, because that's when it becomes a comic book film. That's when it becomes. I don't know if it does. It, I it, think it does a bit. Like it, it, with like the sort of the, the 
you know, let's like, make him the martyr and Joker sort of holding people I don't think that, hostage. I don't stuff. think they're the tropes of your average comic book film. I just think it's something that... Uh, but that's the, when it becomes similar to a comic book film, I'd say. Whereas you, you see the rest of it, it is a, you, you're looking through it going, this is like... Say, I can remember the first time you and I watched this, and about an hour into it, I was like, oh, fuck, Batman's in this. Yeah. I'd actually forgot it was a Batman film. Well, again, he's, <laughs> no, you say that he doesn't get, you know, Keith Ledger doesn't get more screen time than Batman. No, it's just he's, he's more memorable, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. But, I will say it, Christian Bale in this film is a fantastic Batman. He's a brilliant uh, Bruce Wayne, the, the best Bruce Wayne I think has ever been on screen. Um, I. Like I said in the last episode, the Hayden, I'm sat there. We're talking about the film for the best part of two hours, and also the the you know the the first film and the third film. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. It's it's the best comic book movie trilogy. So is this the best? Is this the best comic book film you've ever seen? Not for me, no. No, it's not no. for me either. Because there's other films I can watch, which we've discussed on episodes of this podcast, which I can't pick big flaws with, and I'm not saying. This film has got massive flaws, but it's got unnecessary flaws. And that, for me, is a is a bigger bugbear than maybe it should be. But it's down to lazy or unnecessarily complicated or poorly thought out writing. Yeah. And there are other films I can name in you know, under the umbrella of comic book films which don't make the same mistakes. But there's other things that this film does which they don't do to the same extent. Do you think this film is unfairly judged as being a comic book film? Because I don't think... It's, I, there's times when I would actually say... I, I, it's a crime drama. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I've been like a bit pretentious in the past and trying to be clever and said, oh, it's, the, you know, it's one of the greatest crime dramas that just happens to have Batman and Joker in it. It's a comic book film. It's, it, it's, you know, you know, it's about Batman. So, yeah. you know, let, let's, let's, be, let's be honest with ourselves. We have both said that, haven't we? We both yeah. said it's, it's more like uh, a crime drama or, or something more akin to Heat that just with, happens to have yeah, yeah which has got you know comic book villains and, and heroes as their central characters I don't think it's unfairly judged um, by any stretch because when you look on you know Twitter and you see these regular things of people asking you know name your top five favourite comic book films there was one recently this week and the two films that seemed to be pretty much neck and neck were this and Captain America the Winter Soldier yeah which e- which you know, I must have looked at about thirty or forty of the results on this feed where people were putting their top fives, and it even appears that Infinity War did still rank slightly lower than Captain America: The Winter Soldier. It's a tough one because, like I say, if if I was if you were to put a gun to my head now and say, which film do I prefer, this or Infinity War? My honest answer is how many times have you seen Infinity War now? Though? Twice. I, I wouldn't be able to answer that with any confidence because I've only seen it twice. Yeah. Again, it's it's all down to personal preference, and I, I, I you know, if we were doing another podcast now uh, about Captain America: The Winter Soldier, I could probably say so that was your favorite. I, I would say I, it's my favorite. Say, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. It, it's quite strange because if, and if I, but I will not waste my time and energy arguing with someone that it's a better film than this because if someone's to say no, The Dark Knight is a better film. I, I'm not going to bother arguing with them because it's down purely to personal preference. I still love this film. This is still my favourite Batman film. Yeah. It's if I if I'm going to do a top five comic book movies, I, I can't omit this from it. No, what, definitely. How not. how would I? And the, the the strange thing is as well with this is what we have to understand with this as well. When we're sort of going on about 
not so much Winter Soldier. Well, I suppose, yeah, Winter Soldier as well. But with Infinity War, this is 10 years old. Yeah, this is We've 10 years old. This is probably the 25th time I've seen this. The, this predates, you know, the, the MCU because, you know, Iron Man, you know, came out the same year and the MCU hadn't been established. Even though in 2008 we established the MCU because Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk, they both came out, you know, uh, a few yeah. weeks or months apart. They, they, they start the crossover there. You've got Nick Fury turning up at the end of Iron Man. You've got... Um, Tony Stark turning up at the end of The Incredible Hulk. It's already established, but only in a sense of an idea as to what we're aiming at going down the line. Yeah, and this, it's a totally different angle. And I've got to be honest, they offered Bale ridiculous money, didn't they, to do Batman v Superman? Yeah. And he turned it down every time. Yeah. Could you have seen Bale in a Zack Snyder Batman v Superman? Would that have worked for you? I would have liked to have seen, for continuity purposes, the Batman in those films carrying on. Anyway, I would have liked to, but I don't think it would have worked. No, it was a, it's a different universe that they've yeah. set up. But again, we're coming to a close now. If you've stuck with us for the whole two and a half hours, thank you, thank you very much. Um, like I say, this is the second um, most requested audio commentary. Um, we hope it's lived up to your expectations. Sorry for any gaps in silence; I won't be able to edit them out. But that's it. That's our thoughts on the Dark Knight. Yeah, I think we're going to rate this out of ten. We're going to give it a film eighty-nine rating. No, because I think we've said enough about it, and are we? No, we're not. Do it. it it's, don't, no, don't I'm not going to do it. It's just on. numbers. I'm not going to belittle the film by giving it a number. <laughs> it's one of the one of the. It's one of the best comic book films ever made by far. Yeah. Okay. That's just. And I'm going to leave. I'll leave it at that. Stand on that. Numbers are numbers. They don't always mean everything. Anyway, guys, thanks very much for sticking with us. We're going to be. Uh, back hopefully um, is not going to be a gap like there was um, we, we do apologise there's been a few uh, personal issues which have raised their heads which have prevented us from recording uh, throughout July hopefully we're going to be back uh, in a week or two with I think Ant-Man and the Wasp we got to balance out with a bit of Marvel next haven't we hopefully that's going to be our last comic book film for a while now because I think we're done as far as comic book films we've uh, I think in 13 episodes we've covered quite a few and it's not it's, it's not, down to the release schedule yeah. yeah they're the flavor of the month at the moment in they comic book films oh, yeah, and definitely. you know we're going to be having them until the bubble bursts if it does so guys thanks very much uh, please follow us on twitter and facebook at film 89 uk you can follow me on twitter and facebook at sky movies neil where can they find you you can find me on twitter at neil underscore gaskin or again you can message me i believe directly through the site as well yeah you can email us on uh, email us admin at film 89.co.uk uh please Follow the site. We've had, you know, some really good articles up lately from the likes of uh, Steve, Hayden, Neil. I'll be having, a, I think, a big article coming up soon on a film that's very dear to me. Mm. And uh, you're my birth, I believe. Yeah, yes, it was. <laughs> it was 1967. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay happy, but more importantly, stay classy, Gotham. Mm.